everybody, and welcome back to the Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara Kate Elliott, and I'm joined uh, by the birthday girl herself, Latoya Ferguson. Hey, Latoya. I woke up in an island off the coast of Seattle. I didn't know how I get there or who I was, but I did seem to know everything else. There were things about me I didn't understand: the brand, being colorblind, extreme claustrophobia, and while my gifts provided answers for others, I still search for my own. My name is John Doe, and I suck. Hey, Latoya. I had that last part myself. <laughs> and we are by returning John Doe specialist, Carly Lane. What's up, Carly? There are 342, 204 inactive social security numbers allocated to dead or missing persons. <laughs> so I have my pick of names. But how many dimples are on a golf ball? <laughs> we'll never know. Hey, Carly. So if you can't tell from that, and you can't tell from the title of this uh, podcast episode, for Latoya's birthday, she decided to once again have us watch all of everything that was John Doe, the misbegotten trash TV show from the 90s slash 2000s. I know it's 2000s, but I'm going to say 90s because it was basically a show from the 90s and everything but literalness. And it was starring the once, I mean, Fox Darling, Dominic Purcell, among several others we'll get into. We're going to talk about- I think he's yet again Fox Darling with the reboot. you're right. The continuation of Prison You're right. You are very right. But so- we're going to start out with the pilot, we're going to end with the finale, and whatever the hell happens in between is going to be kind of as it comes and goes, because as we'll get into it, you'll understand why it was pretty much impossible to follow the show, I think almost to a fault, I would assume. I think they were trying for that. It was the era of Fox, where everything was kind of glitzy and glamorous and almost too, like, think pc Whereas now it's like we all look nostalgia look back to that, I think, where everyone thinks this was a great show of all these canceled darlings like Firefly and stuff, but this is really a bad show. And really it's as if, well, I wouldn't even say as if, it's like lost in the sense that it gets really, really, really heavy into mythology and has almost no consequence by the end of the show. Well, I would argue that they weren't trying to make it as a you know, deep and inscrutable as we found it, because they clearly had no idea what they were doing. Yeah, well, and yeah, exactly. If you read any interview post the show, they, they don't were making it up as they, as they went, and they weren't making it up well. So that is a way to compare it to Lost, I suppose. Yeah, and I mean, it is it is funny, because I think a lot of the mythology of Lost is kind of pointless by the end of the show. I mean, you could, you could make an argument, you know, against that, I'm sure, but really... It almost is irrelevant. Like, the really minutia of Lost, like, you know, having to be there and for the, the days of the clicker thing walking by and, like, every all the really specific shit was eventually irrelevant to the final product of that show, which is what this is, but on, like, a microcosm because it's only one season. So we got to see it happen, like, in, in like, it's like the life of a butterfly or something or, or an ant. It's just, like... It's like if Lost boom. was not a hit and got cancelled after the first season. Yes, but, like, even less imaginative somehow, because yeah. it didn't have a... I guess it had a pretty decent budget, but it didn't have the budget that Lost... No, not, not much did at that time. It had to have the budget that Lost uh, pilot did. Uh, but, yeah, so let's get into this. So, we've, we've done this show before where we're, we're bringing Carly back because I, honest to God, still think that show that we did is an excellent version of this show, because if you only watched one episode, even though he's a piece of shit as a main character, and we have plenty of <laughs> criticism, rightful criticism of how bad he was, it was delightfully stupid. Like, it was fun to watch, and just, just, it's like a popcorn show. Like, you want to make fun of something? It was fun to for this, honestly. Right. Yes, and of all, the sh- of all the episodes, I don't know if it's because I had good memories of recapping it with you guys, but it was definitely one of the, la- like, less... 
I think it's. I think the episode happens to be pretty campy, which this show you would think for a, like a concept of basically John Doe wakes up naked in the like Terminator Terminator style in the middle of an island in off of the coast of Washington in near Seattle, and he just basically like falls into the ocean slash Puget Sound, and then like I guess travels via fisherman boat to downtown Seattle helps the cops because he finds out he's like a savant rips off a bunch of people by doing a lot of gambling and stock market trading becomes a millionaire and then just arbitrarily solves crimes and tries to figure out what his real life was now we'll get into it a little more specific when we get back to the pilot because there's that kind of goes into it more fully but like the the episode that we watched prior to this was him being electrocuted and losing all his memory now, that was campy because it was, like, kind of, like, repealing the entire concept of the show and making fun of itself because when you get rid of all, like, the actual plot of the show, it's kind of self-referential. It's like, I don't know, it's, it's like an episode of uh, Psych where the joke is that, you know, Sean's a cop or something. Like, whatever you want to say. Like, whatever. Or or it's the episode I mean, of Monk. I think we compared it at the time because mm-hmm. uh, uh, season one of Smallville has the same episode where yes, Clark Deluxe loses his powers. powers. But there, he basically learns, like, even without his powers, he's still, like, Superman. He's still, like, a great person in general. Here, John Doe does not learn that. He learns that without his, his memory and, like, his super brain, he <laughs> is a sniveling piece of crap. It, it reminds me, I didn't, I don't think I even brought it up then, but it's also, like, the episode of Monk, where Monk takes, I think it's some kind of, like, Xanax version. Oh, yeah. And Monk becomes this chill dude and, like, wears a bunch of Hawaiian print and just doesn't care about anything. Which is, like, obviously the joke is, like, isn't this ridiculous? Monk's chill? But it's, like, no. Because the whole reason we watch this show is because Monk... It, like, that stuff works in, in... It works in an episode. So even though I, I still think we have plenty of flaws we found with that episode, it was amusing enough to, like, you know, float above the, the par of whatever the rest of the show was. But, like, when you go take a step back and you realize the whole show is the opposite of that in many ways, like, there's no sense of humor, practically... There's not a lot of, like, ongoing... Even the procedural stuff, the ongoing cases are kind of coming and going as the, as the need for the plot. Like, there's no... It's, it's not a very easy-to-follow plot line for the real, like, the whole length of the show. Like, a million things different like different things happen, and nothing really matches together fully. Part of it is because in the pilot, they make it seem like, oh, John's going to find, like, clues to, like, who he is through these cases, like, oh, he can see this girl in color, but then it doesn't actually mean anything. Like, the show ends, and him seeing that girl in color never actually Never meant anything. Matters. See, that's what you're, like, it's almost like you're saying, like, the pilot says that, but, like, also, like, our version of, like, watching TV shows us that at some point there should be some kind of a motivating factor for, like, why are we watching this? If not to have him find out what makes him tick. It's like, like, Monk, you're, you're watching him find out what killed his wife. Like, his... His being a certain way almost is like irrelevant to that part of the story. So you, they're, they're, it's like basic plot contrivance of any show or any book or any movie. Like, but this show had none of that because it would kind of just dismiss half of the plot whenever it didn't really need to be done for that week. Like, there's there's full episodes, which are like obviously you could say they're kind of like a bottle episode because they're not involving the rest of the cast, but. They're, they end up involving them later on when... Well, we'll get into it. There's an episode where they're on a plane, and then the love interest on the plane just shows up again. So it's like, you can't even let yourself understand, like, what, what what's going to be relevant versus what's, like, a, you know... 
I hated this show. It was awful. <laughs> so let's, before we get too far into that, but we'll get to that again soon enough, but basically, if you want to watch this show and eat popcorn and trash a bad TV show, I still recommend uh, Shock to the System. That's the better episode of everything, and it's a lot less, like, detrimental to your health, which is what we found out watching the entire series I mean- is. I, I guess I can boil it down for everyone. Like, uh, so after we watched that John Doe episode, I wrote a piece about the entire series for yes. the AV Club. And uh, in my last paragraph, uh, because my entire thesis was, was about how the show had no idea what it was. It was like 5,000 different genres, depending on what part of the season you were in. And towards the end of my piece, I, I, I asked the questions, what was John Doe? Was it a buddy cop show? Was it Sherlock Holmes with a twist? Was it sci-fi? Was it a conspiracy theory series? Was it about the Messiah? These are all questions the show brings up because it's about all of those at any given point in the series. Yeah, it depends on when you started watching. If you started watching this halfway through, you you would think for sure it's about the NSA. It's like, oh, it's not? (laughs) It's like, no, they weren't even introduced until halfway through. Yeah. It is. It is bonkers. And it, it suffers from the kind of thing that most shows get at, like, season four. Like, this is, like, but it happens, like, I think what happens is, it sounds like the people who wrote the show, and I don't, and I'll say it's obviously, allegedly, because it's not probably necessarily true, but it's it's almost as if they were just high on cocaine, pitched a show, <laughs> got the show on TV, and were like, oh my god, what are we gonna do? I have never written a TV show. I have no interest in writing yeah. a TV show. <laughs> I don't know. Like, and then did, they yeah. just... They just cannibalize like, genres. Right, like, how do we sustain this plot? Oh, I know, let's introduce a giant conspiracy theory and a secret organization and some dude from the NSA. But, like, and then it was weird because, like, I just watched... I just watched that episode, Do or Die, that's basically <laughs> that's basically kind of, like, like Die Hard, but not. Like, it's, like, the it's like the C-plus version. Yeah. And it's, like, that has nothing to do... But it's, like, episode 17 out of, like, what, 20? And it doesn't have anything to do with the conspiracy. They just drop it in there randomly, like, oh, yeah, by the way, there's, like, a hostage situation at the precinct. Yeah, the Wikipedia synopsis for the episode is a rogue agent threatens to unleash smallpox upon the country. No. (laughs) It's a a cop who's pissed that he got fired. Exactly. It's stupid. Okay, so, well, and also, like, before, we can start with the pilot. We'll go back to there. But, like, I think it kind of almost is epitomized, too, by the presence of this, this like, hangout spot. Like, it's the version of the Max or, like, the Peach Pit, where they go yeah. to the sea, which is literally, you call a bar the sea. T-H-E-S-E-A. That's the <laughs> name of a bar that's just not possible. But the bar itself is, like, they can't decide what they want. It comes across, like, I forget the name of it. It's embarrassing. I'm, I'm mortified. The name of the bar from Charmed. It's kind of what ends up happening oh, with P3. it. Oh, P3. How P3. can you Yes, of course, P3. P3. Yes. I'm sorry. But P3, it's like P3 meets, like... It does look like P3, Jesus. It really does. Michelle Branch performed at the sea. It's P3 meets Bar from Leverage. It's like, this, it's like oh, a mixture okay, of the yeah. two of them. Or really the bar from any... Any show with criminals in it, because you need that kind of, like, seedy element where there's, like, people playing darts. Because that doesn't happen in a cool, bougie, like, right-on-the-water, like, old warehouse-turned bar. You're not having people playing darts, 
But then there's also, like, a piano for him to play. Like, of course. I feel like the show is, like, the summarizing, like, elements of the show can be found in that bar because there's too much stuff happening. It could not exist. It would be, it would be demolished. It does not pass any codes. There's a child 19 working the bar, but she still stays there after she gets fired and then ends up working for the yeah. There's a lot of problems with this it's bar. It's a whole thing that she gets fired because he finds out she was lying about her age, but, but like, then, like, she, she still hangs out, out there. there. It's still a bar. She's definitely underage. Like, what is happening? Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I feel like that is, like, on a microcosm what the problems with the show were, is that it tried to stuff too much stuff into this unrealistic nonsense stuff, and it just, it fails so across the board. Like, it, from the beginning, the fact that it was called The Sea, I was so against the concept. I would never go to a I... bar called The Sea. <laughs> Right? I have a question. Yes. Which do you think is the, like at least the best version, which could have been like the more fully realized version of the show? I feel like Amnesiac Sherlock Holmes, they were onto something, especially with like the mourner stuff. But yeah, of I course it didn't it's... stick there because then you got like it's post nine eleven and do or die, and then the NSA shows up. <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if they kind of got too much of a response that this is almost like too dark for a show. That's, I mean, they should have been campier, basically. Like, we now know this show would have fit well on, on a channel like USA, where it has a very campy premise with dark elements to it. Because I keep bringing it back. I don't mean to, but, like, I keep bringing it back to, like, don't Monk. You. I know. I keep writing to Monk or Psych, but those are shows <laughs> that have incredibly dark premises in some ways. Like, maybe not, like, right up front it's just, to, you know, detectives that can't find a way to be detectives anymore, but they want to. But, like, if you really take a step back, it's, like, there, there, like some of it's a real, especially Monk is very tragic. Like his wife died tragically in a bomb. Like it, it was, it's, it's a dark show that you don't really think about that with. So I think it had like elements of that that were too dark for for network TV. So they had to either choose to go darker or campier. And that's why certain shows can balance that line. This show could not do it, and I think it would have yeah. been better off not ever touching the darkness it gets to in later episodes. The thing about it being like a Sherlock Holmes style thing is because. Uh, Karen's Rick Graydon's character, like, doesn't she even create, like, a business for him? And he never actually does the business it. stuff. Yeah. Like, they have their angel investigations, but he never actually oh, that's... does anything as Angel the Investigator. That is my biggest, well, I wouldn't say problem, but, like, that is one of my <laughs> biggest, like, criticisms of it, is it really does just ape the entire concept of Angel. Like, almost just, like, obscenely. If you were watching but the show... But it doesn't actually use... Right. Like, they even make like, a joke at one point where they call him like, "What am I, a vampire?" Because they think he's old and like it, it is to me un un unconscionable how ridiculously close it is to Angel. Even because, from like the way that he wakes up naked in the fetal position yes! is so like Angel, Angel coming out same. of hell. If you watch this show and Angel with the sound off, I bet you couldn't tell which one's the vampire unless you were really like far into Angel and he starts vamping out. <laughs> Like if you if you edited a version of Angel without any vamping scenes, you wouldn't know who who was who. Like I swear no. to God, I don't think you could. No. I really don't. But you'd still probably know Angel's a better show because there's just better acting in it. Like that's oh, just a fact. But either way, so anyway, so this show is like right from the get go. We've given you the basic premise, but it starts off with him waking up in the middle of the woods. And then he, of course, stumbles out of the woods. No no explanation on why he's in the woods where there's no trees either. Because to me, that also implies that, like, there's Something some other, otherworldly situation going on. Because when there's no trees around, that means that the earth below it is either dead or something's hit the trees. But there's no, like, debris. 
I, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, it, it is, like, those are the types of things you should really, like, figure out. It's got to be part of your mythology. And we're here for it. I mean, this is, like, at the height of, like, black oil stuff. I would have been, like, here for a lot of that. And they didn't do any of it. Like, if you're going to have shows that have elements of this kind of mythology doing very well at the time... Why would you eliminate that? It wasn't like it was a problem yet. Like, if anything, it was just not quite at its peak. I think it peaked at Lost, and people got sick of it after that. But, like, leading up to Lost, there was X-Files, there was Buffy, there was Charmed to a degree, there was, uh, I mean, there's been a million things. I'm, I'm forgetting millions of different things, but, like, there's a, there's a whole lot of mythology on TV. A alias, of course. But so... They didn't do any of that. They just decided to make it kind of goofy, so he falls into the water from there. A bunch of Asian fishermen find him. He speaks, or I guess Thai, they were Thai. And um, he speaks Thai to them, even though he doesn't know how to speak Thai. Um, but of course, he is literally speaking Thai. So it's, again, very, like, foreign identity, too. But, like, he never is able to fight, really. But then he is, but, like, I. <laughs> oh, God, when he. Like, yeah, we should we build up to him yeah. fighting? We need to build up to that. But, like, that's the thing, is, Jesus like, you would... Christ, out of nowhere. The reason why Born Identity works really well is because he has these mysterious elements, but he's, like, almost, like, compelled to be violent in a weird way, which is kind of, like, hinting at a darker past. Whereas here, this is just, like, a doofy guy who can't remember what happened in his life. And that's fine, too. But, like, I don't need that as, like, the person who can also do jujitsu or something. You know? Like, I want one or the other. Um, but so, sensory overload happens. He starts having all these, like, you know, uh, like, vision, like, responses. And then a couple of EMTs, these, these fishermen are very nice. They call EMTs. They come onto the boat and they, like, give them, like, a little once-over. And, of course, this is where the show begins to grate. Like, <laughs> minute, like, three. Um, where the cop asks him, how many fingers am I holding up? And he's like, there's actually five phalanges on hand. <laughs> phalanges, phalanges, phalanges. And it just, from that point forward, you're dealing with someone who uses the word phalanges casually in a conversation. And... And it's not Phoebe Buffet, so what is yeah, the point? And that's, like, supposed to be your likable protagonist. is someone who's just talking over EMTs. I and then they ask, of course, the the, the eponymous question of who you, are I you? quoted exactly what you wrote you? when the guy asked how many figures. Oh, please! I wanted to. Four. The thumb distinguishes uh, distinguished by only two phalange bones. It's technically not considered a finger. Like, come the fuck on! Already, he's a piece of shit. It really <laughs> is. Like, I what's likable about that? What what's likable about that? If someone said that to me, I would literally look at them like, really. I don't know why I'd be like, oh yes, let's make this the protagonist in the TV show on network. Well, but then the EMTs don't actually take him to the police station. No, he they're terrible. There. And also they ask him, "Who are you?" And we get the, "I don't know." Credits, <laughs> but it's not really credits. <laughs> that's basically where that scene was supposed to be. And then he he literally has to go. This is how shitty the Seattle PD is, I guess, in this era. But like, he goes and files a missing a missing persons report on himself. And then the lady at the desk, oh, what's up with you? Like, why do you need a missing person report? Who's missing? And then he says, um, I don't know who I am. And she's like, if only I was that lucky. I'm like, no, lady. No. No one wants to just, look, I've had bad days. I'm not going to want to forget everything about my life and have to file a missing persons report with a stranger downtown. Like, that's, that's a really. It's like the worst quipping possible. Yeah. I don't remember who I am. If only I was so lucky. What? Who says that? And then, Unless you're, like, severely depressed. Yeah, and so the, the, um, 
the late the after he files the missing persons report, they try and figure out like who he is, and of course he's just like I don't know who I am. But he notices that he has a scar on his shoulder. I'm like, so the EMT that checked you out didn't notice something like that? Like you're missing memory. What is wrong with half of Seattle that they let this man out Who's of their- Who are talking about phalanges and Phalan- they just dropped you him? You know what, though? I think we kind of just solved that because, honestly, he's probably just like, get away from me. I don't want to talk to you. You're saying phalanges. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so she, so she, she lets, like, intakes him and he gets, um, I think a basic kind of, um, the look over, although I don't think that they really solve much. They just kind of take his information. And he just kind of wanders around for a little bit. Um, someone asked him outside, he asked for directions, and, um, Jundo knows exactly which way to go, like, down to the corner to turn. Again, this he is, like... He knows the most complicated version of the, the directions, because of course he does. It's so unlikable, though. Like, and also, he doesn't even really give a good direction. Like, that's still... It only kind of complicates things. I don't find it very helpful, but he, and of course, is You would think it. he'd be, like, acting vulnerable, and that, like, that's what you would need in this character... He just can't do it. He can't do it. Also, for the record, I just wanted to confirm it for myself, and I was right. The lady who intakes him, the death sergeant, is the same death sergeant from the pilot of Psych. So, I'm not making these comparisons for no reason. It's really that, like, they are basically a USA show before USA shows were. I mean, that, that's filming <laughs> in Canada for you. Yeah, Those Canadian true. actors. <laughs> But, um, so he, he, um, he wanders around downtown and then eventually stumbles into a library. And then this is, like, I think one of the, one of the scenes we eventually have, uh, I think I even have a version of this in the episode we watched prior to this, but there's also another, uh, Google search moment because this is before Google was quite what it was and we get a lot of people asking questions about things. And again, we get another person with zero chill because I'll read out some of the questions they ask. Like, you know, like you mentioned before the golf balls, Carly, which is like, how many, how many, uh, uh, sides are there to a golf, golf ball? And he knows the exact dimples. answer. How dimples. How many dimples in the golf ball? Get it right. Yes. And then someone asks like, what's the capital of a certain country? What's this? And at one point that was lady just like, there's all these people asking these questions. And then this, oh, this one lady bit. just straight up goes, when will I die? And he's like, silence. And it's also like, wow, that is, that is a darkness. And he doesn't really have an answer, which I kind of respect, but he still <laughs> kind of tries to, you know, like blah, blah, blah. And also just like the first question someone asked him is what's your name? And he's like, <laughs> he kind of like shrugs and like, uh, like elbows his way in. Like, all right, let's, let's try a different an- a question besides that. Like, so really you don't know every answer. <laughs> Then we get the voiceover for a guy that had all the answers. Oh, I didn't have, I didn't the, have the, the ones that mattered the mattered most. The most. <laughs> like, this is a show that was basically like a soap opera, too. Like, it is... Like, some of the quotes I pulled, like, as the series goes on, like, for the whole episode-to-episode thing, there are so many shitty lines like that. Like, for a guy with all the answers, I didn't have the ones that mattered the most. And it's oh, you just... Mean, like, <laughs> lines like when Karen in the next episode says... Your ball and change, you don't even know what your significant other looks like? She says that? I got a lot of, I got a lot of quotes like that. <laughs> there are a <laughs> lot of them. So many quotes. Um, but yeah, so then later on, um, he he eventually decides to try and get those bills paid, because he's like, whoa, I need money. He's a genius, and he's realizing he's capable of doing anything. So he goes and gambles, because sure... And, um, there's a gambling montage where he's just, like, also, like, at one point he does lose all his money, I think, but, like, that's kind of just skipped over. And, um, he just learns how to gamble, and then the guy at the gambling place and him, like, share a bonding experience as he, like, rides the 
the sad, <laughs> like, honest to God, it's it's pretty dark because it's just you're watching someone basically throw away their entire life savings technically, and this guy's just kind of like, like, chomping scenery seems, next this, to him. This seems like the best acting he does on the show. It really is. The acting, I like Dominic Purcell a lot in a lot of things. He's really he's bad. He's just not right for this role. No, he's, he's really bad from start to finish. It's really funny because, like, I've been watching Legends of Tomorrow, and he speaks with such a deeper voice on that show. Yeah. That it was really weird to come back and listen to him because he's like, I'm John Doe. And then on Legends of Tomorrow, he's like, we got to Can you do imagine? This. I know we just compared it to Angel 2, but can you imagine a version of this show starring David Brianna's? That, that would be yes. a whole different show. It'd be so dark. He could at least show the vulnerability intense. that, like, Purcell just is completely lacking in the role of John Doe. Honestly, it's weird, though, because he is capable of that, though. Like, he does that a lot in Prison Break. He's very vulnerable from the beginning of that show to the, I, the, the entirety of it, really. I think it's either, like, really bad direction here, or, like, it's just he was not at that level as an actor yet. Maybe he had to fail this this disastrously to feel vulnerable. I don't know. We're watching, like, a real-time learning sequence. Yeah, oh I honestly, God. I honestly think he's a better actor now than he was when he was on this show. It's Definitely. not just, it's not just, the, just him though. I think the casting was bad like, across the board because John Marshall Jones is the same. We haven't really got into it yet. We've mentioned it before in the previous episode. Classic the smart show. dad. Smart dad. He's uh, excellent actor and other things. Not the tone for the show. He never has. Like, he has the, the, the goofiness that you need. He's like a Denal Logue character. Yeah. That's, like, the character, and he does not pull it off at all. Or, like, Chai McBride and something. Like, you can have yeah. a, you can have the funny, snarky best friend. Not even though he's not a best friend. He's, like, he's a colleague. But, like, he's the sidekick, essentially, even though John Doe is mo- definitely the sidekick. <laughs> like, he's supposed to be the main character, and it's called John Doe. But, really, everything, every scene John Doe's in, he becomes the sidekick, because he does not have the stamina to be the main character for five minutes. But, so... For procedural, uh, the cops are really just, like... You're right. They kind of have there. to be They're charge. barely competent. Yeah, Again, but- in, in our favorite episode, Shock to the System... The entire Jack the Ripper thing is something we like can figure out in five minutes. And it <laughs> we takes did. I love so that we long. really did figure that out like five minutes into the episode. Well, that's the thing. like it's like so frustrating is because when he's around, it somehow everybody else becomes stupid. Like I just when I just watched the uh, the like two. I guess that you could kind of call it like a two part finale. But I watched the finale episode, and he's with the medical examiner. I think Nancy. Is her name and mm-hmm. and 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 he finds the fish scale on the body that like shows it's from the cannery and she's like, "What is that skin?" Oh, and he's Jesus. like, "It's like how well, is she like... suddenly so dumb as a medical examiner? She can't tell human skin apart from a fish scale." Like the <laughs> only character who wasn't like the only character who wasn't dumbed down around him was like Rika Sharma's character, and then she just left eventually. So. Yeah. And there's a, like, for example, I'll give you a better, here's here's a nice example of this. Later on in this episode, this is the pilot episode, he's watching Jeopardy and, like, calling out answers to Jeopardy while doing a crossword puzzle at the same time. I could do that. I have done that. That's not hard to do. Like, these are not difficult things. Jeopardy is not that hard. Jeopardy is 90, like, on, I don't know, it sounds like a really, like, condescending thing to say, but, like, yes, some episodes of Jeopardy I'll have a hard time with. I have, I have watched Jeopardy answer Jeopardy somewhat correctly for a very long amount of time in my life. If you watch it, you can learn how to you memorize answers. Like, there's only a certain amount of answers they're ever going to ask. And, and regardless of that, it's 99% hitting the button. If you watch the show and you become really competent at it, it's really a strategy of how to hit the button and how to find the daily double. 
Regardless of that, then there's also crossword puzzles, not complicated. I've done an entire book of New York Times crossword puzzles, and I'm not a genius, I'm an idiot. I can barely follow the plot of the show. It's not that complicated. Like, children do crossword puzzles. Like, I understand, like, we're supposed to get, like, wow, he can do both at the same time. It's just shorthand for that. But just, like, really, there's better things. He should just be playing the piano and, and doing crosswords and doing that. Like, he should be yeah. something else. He should be composing like, a symphony and uh, playing crossword puzzle like it's i watched like watch jeopardy to like de-stress piano. exactly i watch jeopardy to de-stress when i'm just like oh i'm just like want to call out answers and i'll get yes. some stuff wrong I'm, right. I'm sure i'm not like a john doe level like i'm gonna get every question right but like guess what that's not really why people watch not jeopardy class one half the question not class one is jk simmons yeah oh my god half the questions on jeopardy though are like pop culture stuff too so it's not even like it's really that like sophisticated it's not like we're watching tournament of champions right. i mean we're not implying well, tournament like, of champions you need like a basic knowledge of history i also like, found it really annoying because also like on a level they cut into jeopardy with breaking news i'm like they never cut into jeopardy that's where they got their fucking money from they're not gonna cut into jeopardy with <laughs> and then they're gonna cut in they're not gonna do it in the middle of jeopardy it would not have happened they so. would do they would do like a ticker at the bottom yes absolutely i've seen they, tickers at the but bottom. they would not cut into jeopardy they don't cut into jeopardy it's worth so much of their money because that is money. Straight, like, it sounds stupid, but, like, a lot of people watch Jeopardy, like, religiously. And it's just never going to happen that they're going to cut into that show. But anyway, so, regardless of that, it's just, like, a little... There's another moment I had that I was, like, really furious about, which I'm sure you'll give me shit for later on. But, but so, anyway, but so back to the, to the beginning. We, we're supposed to like this person who's now, like, like honestly a rampant, like, degenerate gambler. And just generally, like, like smug, like, ooh. And there's, like, a voiceover. Goes for, like, excess. Yeah, there's a and he never learns a lesson. The lesson is this is the way to live. Like this, you like. Oh, we we mentioned this in the other episode. <laughs> we mentioned this in the other episode we watched before, where he like basically it's ironic because we're watching him like build up the same things we watched unravel. Again, we mentioned before that episode is like two-thirds of the way through the series, like or more. It's like the third to fourth episode. Yeah, that's episode. episode 19 out of 21. So, yeah. at that point, he has definitely been this he person for 20 episodes. Nothing. And regardless of that, though, we're watching him he build up to nothing. be the piece of shit he unravels in that episode. But <laughs> anyway, that, that aside, he basically takes... Like glee in finding out what kind of uh, shitty person he's gonna be now that he has money, and it goes to the point where he has like an honest. One of the biggest differences is like if you know if someone's gonna learn their lesson, it feels like it's ramping up to they like have like a, a realization and they have to find the right way to live, even though they have unlimited money. True lo- living is being friends with people, and then he'll realize that no, he never realizes that. Like he just has a great time living like rich. He also just solves crimes in his in his spare time, like. He never gets any consequences for anything. And if anything, though, the, 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 the scene, too, it, it, it cross-pollinates with the narration. And narration should be kind of like a god thing, in my opinion. That's just my own version of how I like narration to be. I don't really love a narration that's going to basically, like, be... I don't know. It's hard to describe, but basically... The na- well, let me read some more of his voiceovers. Yes, please. It's awful. It makes him sound like a real piece of garbage. The Armani suit if I, could, if, I, if I could know it, I could do it. At least with a little practice. And then that's him, like, on, like, driving, like, the James Bond car. Oh, He's going God. He's the most extravagant car ever. It's... It's... And there's another scene earlier in that. I, I, I didn't write down the exact wording, but he basically just goes, like... Sometimes you just have to find out if you're an Armani guy or not. 
And he, like, goes and gets an Armani suit. No. Like, custom tailored. After he, like, dresses in, like, Tommy Hilfiger. And, like, like he literally walks out of a store. Looks, he walks yeah. out of a store wearing an Armani suit to get his fake social security card forged. It is, like, this is the, like, first five like minutes. Al- like, Ollie G. Yes. at one point. It's, like, it's, it's, he is, like, a fake... Like, he, he is the kind of person... It sounds like the kind of narration you'd hear in classic Daily Show skits, basically. Like, it is it is so hubris-filled that you're waiting for the shoe to drop, and it never does. Because no one's this ridiculously condescending. No, he is. He absolutely is, and he takes pride in it, and he never learns his lessons. <laughs> what a great role model, John Doe. Uh, but so he, the hero. He forges a social security card, and then of all... This is where... He has a narration, too, where he's like, and I had to pick a name. Gotta go with John Doe. And I'm like, so that means you're implying that you could pick any name, and you chose John Doe? That's the name you went with? Like John asking for Doe? Trouble, you piece of shit. He didn't even, like, misspell it a little bit? And, like, you know, put it on, like, like Doe, like, Doe the Baker or something like that? Or just John Baker? Or do something? You, you <sighs> can pick whoever you are right now. And you're specifically you're you're asking for the attention I, of being a John Doe. I know well, that's it. You say you're yeah. not. Like the epi- the second to last episode where they go and they investigate Digger's like army buddy's death and and they that's show up at the morgue and the and the sh- local sheriff is like, uh, okay, so your names are Digger and John Doe. Yeah, that's <laughs> plausible. Like he doesn't buy it for a second. And like you're trying to draw attention to yourself. I mean, then he also goes on to work with the cops, which is like you'd think that that's super suspicious to every cop there because they just. Because John Doe is, like, literally what they'll call out on, like, a radio. Like, we've got a John Doe, like, 6'5". Like, that is the kind of thing where you, it, it's too common. Like, it is too common. It'd be a and, joke. Well, that's a, that's a, in, the, in the Doe or Die episode where they bring in who they think is the body and they go, I got another John Doe. And the Emmy's like, oh, I can only handle the one. <laughs> like, <laughs> It is, it is like a skit. It is like a skit level man. Like, who, who writes lines like that acknowledging the terribleness of their plot? And then, like... One of, like, the eight writers they have per episode. (laughs) (laughs) At least they kept a lot of people employed. We should be thankful for that, if nothing else, John Doe. We pointed out in our original John Doe episode, like, there were... Like, insane number of writers just for, like, that episode. Yeah, that was one that had six different writers, right? Do you think when... Yeah, I think it did. I think when... Do you think when John Doe went up there, like, half of Hollywood was without jobs? (laughs) Like... The only time... Like, the only episodes where there were, like, there was one writer... Let's see, uh, John the pilot? Doe. I would hope the pilot. Yeah, I, John just, I, I, just, I just found the screenshot. <laughs> you trying to, you trying to say John screen. Doe? That's the greatest. John Doe. John Doe. Doe Ray Me. is. Uh, no, wait, it's Doe Re Me. It's not really Doe Ray Me, it's Doe Re Me, because it's Re. It, it's Oh, yeah, Doe Re Me. It's stupid. It makes it so, like, you can't even say it the way it's supposed to be said because it's all, like, so fucking stupid. So, Also, like, they completely gave up on that whole naming concept, like, all immediately. Like, oh, it should have been every episode, it though. Been. After it was Doe or Die or Save as John Doe, you can't really get any better. How about before we get too far, I'm gonna read off some of them. So, we got the pilot, we got, well, number two is just called Bloodlines. <laughs> Idaho should have been called Ida Doe. <laughs> 
Oops, and like, okay. I do declare. Oh my god. Oh, no. And the third episode is do re, like R E colon me, do re me, and then past imperfect, then John de, then low art, then mind games, then Idaho, <laughs> then I manifest know. destiny, then the mourner, then John DOA. <laughs> Just fucking dumb, <laughs> and then tone dead, which is also stupid. <laughs> tone dead is dumb, and then family man, ashes to ashes, psychic connection. Which, hey guys, spoiler involves a psychic. <laughs> like, oh yeah, remember when they bring psychics into this whole story? <laughs> psychics are a thing. Then there's illegal alien, well, uh, illegal alien, do or die, save as dot 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 John Doe. <laughs> Terrible name. And then Shock to the System, which we knew, and Remote Control and The Rising. It should be Remote con- Condo. Honest to God, though, the most frustrating thing here is, like, how can you have all these puns on dough and then not make it one every episode title, or make it only two, like, a handful of episode titles? It doesn't make any sense. You can't pick and choose. You really just, like, pick and choose. Yeah, you can't do that. It's a stri- it's a you either admit or you don't do it the at naming, all. The naming uh, device of the show is as bad as the show itself, so it should speak in volumes, I'm sure. It's so upsetting. It really is. John like, Duh. Oh, is That's the worst one, too, I think. I mean, they're all bad, but John Duh is just... But why? Like, but why? Don't oh, read me. Don't so read really John D.O.A. John D.O.A. is also stupid. <laughs> Alright, well, right. so, so back, so back to, the, to the pilot, we're getting to the pilot, well, then we'll get to the next, we'll just start picking and choosing what we want to do, but so, he has to pick his, pick of his names, he chooses John Doe, no, no subtlety at all, not even like a slight Remember, change on Doe. Someone asks him, you some kind of clairvoyant or something, and he says something, but wait, he is a clairvoyant, as we learn later in the series, because psychics are real. Well, at the, there's, there are several times when psychics are unequivocally denounced and debunked earlier in the series, and then John Doe himself is a psychic. <laughs> That's just so stupid. Oh, God. That, that entire, uh, the like, cabin how could you... and the, the volcano or whatever. Again, I don't, I'm not trying to go back to psych, but, like, psych, the whole point of psych is, like, the whole psychic thing is obviously psych is fake. But, like, it'd be the equivalent of, like, you get to the very end of Psych, and they're like, oh, by the way, Sean's a psychic. And it's like, no! Like, what am I just sit through? No! That's just against the entire concept of the show. It's stupid. But, um... He's a psychic! There are multiple psychics! After episodes and episodes of being, like, psychics aren't real... He spends wait, the whole time, no, like, making are. fun of the psychic and, like, proving they're wrong. Like, it makes no sense that we suddenly make him a psychic. I guess they just honestly, it's partly that they don't understand psychicness. I guess it's part of it. They have no concept of what's actually happening when people are being psychic. I think that's a huge flaw in, in, their, like in tell, their ability. Would you like to tell the audience what you know about psychics? Because clearly you're the expert. Well, unlike the writers of John Doe, the psychic that they originally introduced is, I, I think, more of a traditional medium. Whereas, like, they're speaking to people, they're having visions of that. John Doe's psychicness is traditionally it's like a channeler where he's getting visuals of other people's eyes through his own eyes and he's kind of getting visions of where people are but it really is not i mean i guess we should say i'm being a little critical of something that they're they have no concept themselves so there's not even well in case people listening are thinking maybe we're exaggerating with the psychic again i'll read the wikipedia synopsis (laughs) for episode 20 remote control joe discovers the seneca institute where fallen geniuses are being conditioned with psychic abilities (laughs) There you go. And literally, I would say, like, literally, like, less than six or seven episodes prior to that, whatever that other one was, 
he literally introduces a, psych- a psychic and tries to, well, more or less yeah, prove them wrong. Yeah, so it's it is skeptical. Here, here's the here's the here's the 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 description for that one is skeptical Doe teams up with a psychic to solve a case. Now if that episode had ended with him being like psychics are real, but it didn't. I don't think I don't remember it no. fully, but I my notes do not reflect that. In fact, he hates the the psychic the majority of the episode. So what? It's stupid. So, <laughs> so anyways, he, he, he becomes John Doe, and then no one says shit about it, and then um, somehow he's able to buy stocks, uh, exist in the world, even though his name is John Doe. Like, that, the SEC would be all over him the second he tried to place any kind of a, a purchase. But okay. And so, um, he buys a whole bunch of stocks, he shorts the market in some poor, like, fishing village based off the weather, and, like, laughs because he, like, takes a million dollars to the bank. And, like, we never see any kind of consequence to it. He just has, he buys a little fancy car. And it's just like, wow, what a piece of shit. And then he, like, this is, all right, this is also where I have a huge problem with the concept of, like, what are his abilities? Because he knows everything secretly, but that also he doesn't know his name, so he doesn't really know everything. And he doesn't know when people are going to die. He doesn't know that kind of stuff. So it's not like it's an... Un- but he also, like, knows, like, every text in every book. So if a book is made, he knew, like, does he a Dewey Decimal know System it? number, yeah. Like, he knows it to the point where it, you could say, like, what's on page 43 of, like, you know, uh, Ulysses, and he would just know. But, like, what's confusing here is that, like, he gets in this little fancy, like, souped-up car, like, James Bond car, and he gets in it at first, and also, like, first of all, the test drive happens, like, in the middle of the street, so he's already in the car and having driven it a little while. <laughs> like, driving is... like a psychopath, by the way. <laughs> I know it sounds, it sounds really, like, nitpicky, but, like, when you're gonna start out a test drive and you're already in the middle of the street, you have to make me believe, like, what, he already knew how to drive a little bit, how could he just forget how to drive suddenly, but it's for the effect of, like, him pulling into a stoplight and then just being stuck in the middle of a of an intersection, not knowing how to drive the car, because he basically gets in a car, starts driving it, we're supposed to believe at some point he just, you know, happens to have jumped into the driver's seat, and he gets stuck not knowing how to drive this, this really, you know, if it's a European car, I think, so he gets to do a certain way, and he just basically, like, read, like, his brain looks at all the controls, figures out what they are, and then just knows how to drive, like, a fucking, like, professional stunt driver, but, like, why wouldn't he have known how to do that the first time he got in the car? Like, why did he fail on the car at first? I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. The show's own rules don't make sense. <laughs> That's what I mean. Basically. It's from the internal logic. One, is it, logic is gone. This is the second scene. This is like the second scene of him. Like, well, I guess third scene. I guess you could say. But like, it's first he knows how to gamble. Well, first I guess he knows it's the facts. Then he knows how to gamble, and then he buys the car. It's really early, but the stocks are also part of it. It's also kind of the gambling. But like, this is early and he on. He nails all of those. I guess the gambling, like, it shows that nothing's a sure thing. But like, this is more fact-based I mean, like, than just driving a car. Nothing's a sure thing. But then, like, only only for gambling, because stocks are fine. He never has an issue with the stocks until like he loses his his mind, basically. But yeah, that's the only time he has an issue with the stocks. Otherwise, he can be perfect with the stocks. I don't get it. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. But anyway, so he gets this car working, and now he's like a pro racer. And the guy who's like in the the passenger seat is just like, how did you learn to drive like that? He's just like, I don't know. I was like, yeah, I don't know. You don't know. And you should not be winging it when it comes to like driving like that. I don't understand how we're supposed to be like, oh yes, you're you're a savant at driving. Practice on a closed course first. Like, 
why not do that before you try, like, like cutting across traffic and risking this poor man's life? And then later on, alright, he gets the car, whatever. Then he goes, and this is where, this scene is, like, where I immediately, like, I start, like, really, really getting upset with the show. Because the logic makes no sense. He goes to get a hot dog on the pier. And this hot dog guy is just sitting on the pier, and he has, like, a regular grill, which I don't really buy, because you can't just, like, grill openly on a pier, but I guess he's able to. And he has, like, stacks of sausages inside the grill, which is just not sanitary, but fine. And John sees these two strangers in love, and the one guy wants extra pickles, so he, like, feels especially lonely. (laughs) And then, like, now he's like, oh, no. And then he's, like, we have another one of those, like, terrible quotes of John where he's just like, I want that, basically. And he just, he's, like, lamenting his powers. And he says, the the old guy who's the, the vendor, he says, like, what do you, what for you, sir? And he's like, ah. and he's like, this is his response to this poor old man just asking if he wants a hot dog. He goes, I don't know things I'm supposed to know, but I do know things that I'm not supposed to know. <laughs> I'm like, so are you hungry? Or, like, are you just gonna stand in line and, like, quote proverbs to me? Like, it is Eat so... a freaking hot dog and figure out what you like on it. Oh, I fucking hate it. Any other human being in general. Yeah. It's not like right. an amnesia thing. It's like a, a person thing. I also you don't... like it. I still, I'm gonna go back to the fact that, like, no one should have that many... Because if you go back and look at the hot dogs in that man's cart, there's, like, hot dogs stacked like a pyramid. Like, that is unsanitary. They are not gonna be evenly cooked, and I just... Ugh. But so anyway, like... <laughs> He's drinking alone on the pier afterwards, and he sees, like, all these friends laughing, like, and he's just, like, despondent because he's got no friends. And this is where he first stumbles into this bar, which is the sea. The sea! Which is still, like, the most frustrating name ever. And he just, like, just stumbles up and just starts playing a piano. I'm like, that's not gonna fly, because if this is a fancy place it looks like, which... I don't, again, I argue it's kind of like a mixture because it's both like it's like the singles, like a singles bar, like in uh, the, the episode of Angel that introduced Detective Kate. It's like that yes. place. Yes. that's what it's like. Yes, and it's not the kind of bar you're gonna just be able to like walk up and start playing the piano. It is closing time, it would seem. So like maybe you could say that no one noticed, but like I don't know. It just it came across like not the kind of place you're gonna be able to just start playing the piano like full on just a whole song. And of course, not only does he do that, he gets offered a job on the spot because he's amazing at playing, and he's playing like the one song he recognizes, which is My Funny Valentine, but at the time when he first plays it right here, there's no implication that he truly like remembers the song. He kind of makes like a, a little bit of a joke, like, oh, I kind of recognize this song. It's like I might have a memory of the kind of person I was that would have liked this song, but that's like it. Whereas other times when he remembers things from his past, he has, like, full-on flashbacks and, like, this is a whole big, like, you know, mythology thing. But this just becomes, like, part of the mythology and they, like, forgot they never actually did any of that with it. So it's very strange. But so he plays the piano, he gets the job, and this is now, this is Digger. The guy who owns the bar is his now new best friend, um, uh, who's kind of like a gruff, I don't even know, like, a character on Supernatural. Picture that, you got it. And, um, so he, he becomes, like, the, uh, de facto friend of his. And, um, and, like, we're still supposed to be, like, sympathetic to this character, John Doe, and watch him buy the multi-million dollar loft, like, whatever. Like, like, it is so upsetting. Like, this is the introduction of this character, and he is unrepentantly gross. Like, I find that to be annoying. Like, the whole point of Angel is that Angel despite basically having, I think, more or less, like, billions of dollars. It's it's complicated, because at times, depending on how much of the money he wants to use, he feels too guilty to use it. They joke it's... that he's cheap because he's old, but I believe he, 
he saved a lot of money over the years, which is what you need to do. Well, and then there were times that he didn't have, he did not save a lot of money. Like he lived and just like lived on the streets. Like it, it just sort of depends on how he's doing basically as a person. And he usually most of the show Angel, he was pretty much on top of things. Um, but so anyway, it's just, it's, it's frustrating because you're, you're supposed to want a person who is that, you know, mythologically, uh, capable to be some kind of like monk in a weird way where you want them to be almost, they take pride in the fact that they're going to be normal. Whereas he's like, no, I'm not normal. You have only not been normal for five minutes. You want them to be the moral center, but not morally (laughs) superior. Exactly. And he's neither. (laughs) So I wouldn't, he could claim he's supposed to be like morally superior, but he's just, just shit. Like he's actually morally inferior, I think, to be honest, from beginning to end. And so, um, he goes and, and this is where we see the, the interruption to the Jeopardy he's watching on his new new fancy couch. He, it's a furnished apartment, too, so that w- explains away why he doesn't have to buy anything. And he's, like, this, like, honest to God, living in this, like, beautiful, modern, like, Seattle uh, apartment, like, loft thing. And he sees on TV a missing child, and he, like, freaks the fuck out because there's, like, the girls in color. This is what we referenced before. It never comes back. Never is explained. She just happens to be in color. It's, like, included in his, in, like, his evidence wall, like, the girl as one of the but she's the only thing in all of his clues and stuff that he sees in color that actually has nothing to do with his overall story. And even up until this point, they've not even done a great job of explaining that he doesn't see color at all. Like, you've kind of gotten it, like, implied to you here and there, but this is the first time you understand because you see the difference. And now, it, it helps to have, like, the contrast of color amidst a bunch of black and white, but it still is, like, this should be a bigger deal. Like, they didn't really, like, hype this up the way. Because they keep intercutting between... I think this would have been a better show if it had been entirely in black and white. It would have been boring, but it would have at least had a different kind of, like, a, you know, a cheeky, like, uh, concept. Like, ooh, it's a show in black and white. That's kind of They show neat. his perspective... They don't show his perspective very often, so you, it's easy to and forget. It's terrible oh yeah, because it's shaky cam because it's like first person point of view, which is like he's never shaky. So like I don't know why it's suddenly shaky. Like it's not like his head is like twisting around all weird. He's like a, the most like stern dude I've ever seen in my life. Like it looks like you like can take him down with a wrecking ball, but <sighs> like how there are no internal rules for a lot of the mythology. There's like no internal rule for like when to use his point of view to, like, sh- in black and white. It's just like, hey, remember remind people real quick that he has, like, black and white vision. It's and then- stupid. That's why it's one of the most complicated things is, like, you know, certain shows have certain versions of, like, they're seeing a clue. Again, I don't want to go back to Psych, but, like... Yeah, hey, you do. Just go back to Psych. It, it really helps because there's a lot of similarities when it's a procedural with, like, some kind of a, uh, you know... Sherlock Holmesy kind of thing. And it happens in elementary too, to a degree. But like when they're gonna zoom in on something, there's like a close up, or there's like a little glimmer, or there's like the Sean vision, or whatever it is. So that there's certain things that help us as a viewer to understand what they want us to be looking at through his eyes. Because honestly, half the time I'm just like, whoa, what's happening? We're in like shaky cam first person point of view, and I don't even pay attention to what they want us to be looking at in that vision. But in this case, he's just you know. He's seeing this girl who's in green. He's like, whoa, it's so weird. And he freaks out. So he goes downtown to try and help out with the case because he's like, you know, he feels motivated for no reason just because he can see her in green and he feels like that must mean something. And uh, even though he's not been motivated by any of his other abilities, you know, if you were that smart, you'd think you'd want to, like, help, like, solve nu- nuclear fusion or something. <laughs> like, like go off to, like, the this, this CERN. Like, go, like, literally, like, save lives as a medical, like, researcher. Nah, I'm just gonna, like, solve my own crimes and, like, sit 
shit and like do crosswords and watch Jeopardy. Like, what an asshole. But um, so in, in the meantime, he goes off to the cops and tries to get himself on the case. And then the cops like, well, uh, no, you're, you're a stranger. I'm not going to just let you in this case with this little, little, little missing girl. And he explains, hey, um, uh, oh, oh, here you go. I'm going to solve this rape case for you by explaining to you how the rape was done and stuff. And here's a way to find your, your victim versus the, the, the rapist. And it's like, so you were just sitting on information that would have solved a rape case, and you were, like, upstairs, like, drinking a, a glass of, like, scotch and, like, doing a crossword? Like, is that where, that's her main character? Because it just sounds like he literally just threw out, a, like, a response like that. Like, he already knew exactly how to solve a crime. Like, why would he yeah. not be, like, nonstop looking at missing cases and just figuring things out? Like, wouldn't that be, like, the easiest thing because for him? Because it's all about him! It's so unsympathetic. I hate it. It sucks. And so he watches the uh, video that the cop, well, of course, the cop is now like, oh, I'm, uh, maybe I will let you in on the case. And this is the smart guy dad, which is the dad from Smart Guy. <laughs> and then we'll just refer to him as that for the rest <laughs> of the episode. But um, he watches the video of the little girl. She runs off, gets kidnapped at some point, And then eventually, like, long story short, uh, John just, like, gets on the case he kind of goes nuts. He starts peeling up floors, screaming about code violations. He realizes that, you know, they never actually left the place where she was kidnapped. And so he, put, like, literally, like, stampedes through a wall. Now, why would you not, like, discreetly notify the cop, walk out of the room, get back up, surround the place, and then tell them, look, there's someone behind the wall probably holding this little girl hostage. Instead, he just barrels through and they get away. And it's like, this is the, it's the first of many times where they don't, try and work together to solve a crime. He just wants to solve it himself and then ends up ruining it in the, in the long run. And so they get chewed out by the superior, which we're introduced to um, uh, Avery, who is the... I, you might know obviously Jane Brooks been in a lot of stuff, but she's just been in... She's she's a great actress, I think. But she's also yeah, she's miscast. She's been in a lot of uh, David E. Kelly stuff. She's also miscast. I think everybody in this show is miscast. I think she's... Everyone is miscast. She's, she's she? supposed to be this hard-ass, like, you know... Superior, but I, I find her nice from the her beginning. Being the boss, because you know, woman boss, great. But at the same time, she should probably be in the smart dad role. She should be like Jane. Like she should be John's partner, basically her his cop partner. And they have to keep like trying to figure out ways to get her involved with them. But that's the she's most. Like, she's the lieutenant. She's their boss. But that's the most but, like, confusing they... thing is she used to be his partner. So there's like this other element there where they were both partners, and they always keep referencing that. Like that's stupid. Like. Why would you make his former partner his boss now and not like? I don't get it. Like, why not show it yeah, happen just make in real them time? Partners make her John's partner, or like, or just have her be the boss because it makes no sense why they have her basically kind of lowering her station to have to work with them pretty much because she has an entire precinct to run and it makes no sense why she's always getting like so involved in the John Doe stuff. Honestly. I understand if you have Jane Brooke, you want to use her, but, like... John Doe should just pass the cop exam and become a cop. Like, it would be easy for him. It's stupid that he never does that. Because he'd be, like... He's, like, like six foot a million, and he's, like, super, well, super he had to do things by the rules, though. Yeah, but, like, he's a, ge- he's a like, quote-unquote genius. <laughs> I still don't think he is. That's the thing. Is like, I, I find Dominic Purcell very charming, and obviously he's a very smart man. But, like... The ca- the choice of how he decides to portray John Doe, you never believe that he's really smart. Like it's really like it- it's frustrating to see him like spouting off all these like facts about things because I just don't buy it. Like it seems like he's like again almost like channeling 
Like, it's like he's speaking in tongues every time he talks like that. Like, he, he doesn't seem to retain any of the information he's spouting out. Like, it's very he's, strange. He's literally just reciting things. And that's fine. Like, that's almost like its own complications to it. Like, let's let's play by those rules. But, like, they just, pri- like, they pretend like, yeah, it's like he knows all this information. It's like, like no. Compare the way he say- says things to, like, how characters on House would say things. Yes. Like, obviously they're saying some things that I, I have don't understand, and I'm sure they don't understand too, but, like, I would buy them when they say it. I don't buy him understanding what he's saying when he says like, it. Like, here's the thing. You, I buy when, like, the five times out of ten that um, that you have someone, like, obviously, I'll say Jesse... Uh, Jesse Spencer. Spencer, sorry. So Jesse Spencer will get things wrong on that show a lot. A lot. Like, that's kind of the joke is that it's like, haha, it's so funny, he's never gonna get right. But, like, I believe that he thinks what he's saying might be right. Because he's a professional doctor, and he's coming from a place of, like, trial and error, so he's at least buying the information. And that's, like, someone who's getting it wrong, and it's almost, like, jokingly always wrong about things. So it's like, well, how could how could he portray that on a show that's not even that great? But, like, he's doing a good enough job on that show, portraying, like, a third opinion being wrong every week. And yet we have this guy who's the main character and, like, 99% of the dialogue is just him spouting nonsense, and it's not believable. Like, that's the one thing you should just... That should be, like, the test thing of, like, when they audition someone, can you believably say these types of things? And then he would have failed, he would never have gotten cast, and it would have been the end of the conversation. (laughs) But I think they were just like, oh, Dominic Purcell looks cool. Like, he's the right, like... He's an intense he looking guy. He does look cool, but that's also another reason he should have been cast in this role. Yeah, he looks he like looks a tough too cool dude. For the role. Yeah, he's like a tough dude. He's interesting, but he's got like an interesting look, and you're like, oh, like maybe he is like a secret spy because he is like a six. Maybe seven. he should have played the cop. Yeah, or something, or something. He could have played anybody better than what he played. Bigger. Like, it, it would have been well, maybe not bigger. <laughs> that would have been pretty rough. <laughs> But like it would, I would have. I feel like he could have pulled off Digger better than he did John Doe. Honestly, true. That's probably well. That's that. That's not asking a whole lot because he didn't do a very good job. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So anyway, so he he finds a little girl eventually. He's like, Whoa! and he finds out that the missing the missing girl was um, the mother recently lost her husband, and she's like devastated that this little girl got kidnapped. And they realize like, well, wait a minute. Like, let's research this guy a little more. They find out that he probably, you know, faked his own death because he was going to get indicted for a bunch of stuff that was going on. And John... There's also something with a washing machine. He finds a token after he literally, like, risked this little girl's life by charging through into an open um, hallway. And uh, But they do leave behind a washing machine token that, that takes them to a certain motel where they were staying. Um, and then it turns out that this guy has basically hired a mercenary to help him kidnap his own daughter, which is terrible. Like, which is sympathize with this guy eventually, but that's still disgusting because it could have gotten her killed in the process. And so she, er, he, he stalks them to the point where he finds out where they probably were. And although he eventually ends up actually busting someone on child porn by accident, so I guess we could be thankful that that happened. <laughs> but um, <laughs> remember that, like, halfway through the episode, like, just accidentally like get someone he committed for child pornography like what and so he i guess you should just always never trust a guy with a 1978 purple impala basically guys um but uh he finds the I mean, other yeah, guy I feel like that's true yeah probably and then later on a, a meter maid finds the car parked like basically there was two impalas and they, they got the wrong one at first but then they find the right one later on and then they find this guy the dad and instead of like again quietly telling your superior, hey, that's him right there, I can tell by the way he's walking, 
and then getting back up and then following him or just or just, just t- together being cops and quietly following him and doing some fucking police work. But instead they just scream out, hey, and then he runs because like, that's not how you do anything. And they lose him again. He's like, oh no. And then John like gets furious about it. And in the process, smart dad gets injured, which of course you needed that. And he follows the dad who takes off in a dinghy. He takes off on like a little dinghy. You don't know where he goes. And he just goes zooming off into the water. And then John's like, ugh. He commandeers some stranger's helicopter. <laughs> like, that's even something that would happen. Because they're not just hanging around. He doesn't know how much gas is in it. Nothing. He doesn't know where he's going. Just follows the guy on the boat in a helicopter. Then somehow manages to set down on a deserted island where this guy is taking off to. He finds that the man, the, um, the daughter that has been kidnapped is actually just taken to her favorite place in the world, this place called Emerald Cove. We know that because it's the same um, green picture that she drew that John was able to see on all green earlier, and she drew a picture for his, her mom. And then she finds this little girl, and it's like, da-da-da! And they realize, like, oh my god, it's been, you know, it was all him just trying to be closer to his daughter. And then somehow, at some point, John is also a genius. He's realized this man is dying of cancer. And he persuades him to let him bring the little girl back and leave him there to die alone so he doesn't have to go to jail? Like, so now you're judge, jury, and executioner, John Doe? Like, yep. what a piece of shit! And then so he drives he, he drives the helicopter back with a little <laughs> girl, which is terrifying because this little girl c- killed. And what's frustrating here to me is that, like, he asks the little girl before she even gets back in the, the helicopter, he's like, do I look familiar to her? Do, you, do I look familiar to you? Do you recognize me? And she's like, can I go home? And I was like, oh, this poor little girl. I'm like, like, me, me, me. And she's just said goodbye to her dying father. I mean, she's too young to really understand fully probably that he's dying, dying. But, like, it's obviously a rough situation. I do also hate, not to go back to, but the father says, this has all just been a build, uh, been an adventure to her. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't think so. She was kidnapped and dragged down a hallway and, like, sh- almost shot at by the police. Like, it is not an adventure. Like, maybe now it's an adventure, but you traumatized that girl, for sure. And, um, so he takes her, he takes the little girl back, and then the mom's like, thank you so much. And he, he gets no answers about why he sees this girl in color. And then, obviously, you know, he gets the response from, uh, the, the cops. that like, okay, maybe you are going to be our friends. And he decides <laughs> to... Uh, like instead of seeing a therapist, which he gets, he does see a therapist later on. He goes and talks to Jane Doe's at the morgue, creepy as fuck. And then like eventually like touches the finger and he's like, "Thanks for talking to me." It is oh, while while Coldplay plays, of course, Coldplay. It's too. Yes, and then um he goes back to the fucking poor hot dog guy, just like trying to live his life and then gets a spicy dog, probably like food poisoning. And then uh, a woman on the ferry. I hope it's food poisoning. A, a woman on the ferry freaks out, calls him Tommy, and he's like, "What?" And then like it's like gasp, like someone recognized him as Tommy. And now, right, so we went over the the, the, the pilot. So we oh, need okay. to describe something. Let's just jump Let's around. Let's talk about here. Tommy. Tommy. You ready is, to talk about Tommy? Yes. So from this point forward, we can't go up to an episode because we'd be here for the next four years. But like we could just describe kind of like the hit points of like what were the more insane moments up until the finale, and we don't even have to go into the finale at large because it was mostly Idaho, <laughs> Idaho. Oh my god! But so Tommy is what his ulterior name is in this other version of him. Now it's complicated because it turns out that's all bullshit mostly. Um, 
to a degree, but also it is apparently no, it's like one hundred percent bullshit. But also, like it's this not is- because he does know the woman. Like it's it's complicated. Like it's very frustrating. <laughs> but um, but yes, Tommy is what they they. The initial mislead is that, you know, he is this guy named Tommy. And then throughout the rest of the episode, it's teased out that his name is Tommy... What the fuck was the name of the stupid, like, uh, mailbox? Crowder. Crowder. Oh, Tommy Crowder. Crowder. Whenever he is recognized by someone from his past, Tommy is the name they use. And you think that might be him. Because for a lot of the show, there's a lot of mystery. And you don't know that, like, maybe that is true. Because you don't know. You don't get enough answers to, to have any kind of... Like, we've mentioned Angel's a great example of, like, there's a lot of mysteri- like mysterious elements to Angel's past. Up until the finale of the show, we don't fully get some of the information we could use to help understand why Angel is the way he is. Like, that is something that... Or, or Buffy's a great example, too, of, like, you don't understand a lot of what happened to Buffy prior to the show until, like, they have to have it teased out by her conversations in later years. Like... That's fine. That's absolutely fine. I don't need to be, like, spoon-fed on what happens with the show. But, like, it's complicated because we're, we're given enough, like, little breadcrumbs here that when I'm, like, told his name is Tommy and a man named, like, I don't know if I fucking remember the name the, the dude, but, like, some dude recognizes him as Tommy and he goes and visits the Crowders and he's like, oh, yes, your parents, I loved you. And you're thinking, okay, well, if he's telling me my name is Tommy... He, maybe he's right, and it's like it goes and that, to the point. The whole thing where, like, is actually really ballsy because that's like episode eight of the series. Like, hey, let's why not just tell him like who he he was at least because that still doesn't answer the question of like what exactly happened to him. Right. So like that would be like that would be a ballsy thing to do. It would be a great thing to do. And then what do they do? <laughs> um, turns out this is name of the Tommy. Uh, that was all mostly just <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Um, he... You, they gave an entire backstory, which basically shows that he was, like, a Clark Kent type who was, like, the victim of experimentation. In Idaho. Surprise. Um, and... All fake. All fake. Uh, but complicated because some people were experimented on, it just wasn't happened to be him, but also, like, he was, but then also he wasn't based off the... Like, it is very frustrating because there are elements of this that are somewhat true in the sense that they do happen, more or less, but the degree to which they happen varies. But then we are also told that he is a, a, a what did we say before? A level one or some bullshit? Whatever the fuck that was called. Because, so, yeah, he's, we're told he's Tommy. Teresa, the girl who called out to him, was like, they were in love, they, they were like kids in the engaged experiment. Oh, yeah, yeah, and they fell in love, they were engaged. They were both children experimented he was never on, Tommy, basically. and he was never experimented on. So, who is, because Ter- Teresa, we know it was Teresa, and we know she was clearly, she's been experimented on, she gets experimented on. She thinks he's this Tommy. What? Ah. Uh, <laughs> I'm still not because, sure. again, as I write my piece, who was Tommy? And then <laughs> one of the, the showrunners is like, you think we've actually known to come up with a name for him? We have no idea who he is. Like, they didn't actually come up with a name. The Tommy stuff was all bullshit. And, and, and prior to the final episode, there's even a scene where, like, the My Funny, My Funny Valentine thing gets brought back as well. So, like, there are elements of this, like, mystery where he is that person because someone's playing a fucking... Also, like, one of the guys that is experimented on starts playing a fucking harmonica and starts playing My Funny Valentine on it. So, like, let that image stick in your head. But, like, you're thinking, like, like, oh, wow. You say that, like, it was a song his mom played all the time. But, again, 
bullshit. But then we think, okay, then I'm then I'm like open to the fact where it's like, okay, well, if this guy's playing the harmonica, maybe it's he. He was the one that was playing it all the time, and Tommy was still experimented on. But like, maybe he's not called Tommy; it's something else. And we never actually get any information on that. And then later on, like post show, the creators explain, no, that was wrong too. <laughs> so like, we never, we never even got to a place where we actually got a full explanation of what was going on. And the most complicated part of this to me is that this is someone who. Like, the whole plot of the show is finding out these mysteries about what's really going on with, with uh, John Doe, and the fact that they didn't prioritize this over, like, I don't even know what they were trying to do with the final episodes. Like, none of the final episodes, which, well, we can maybe bring some of that up. So, in the final episode, he finds, well, in the, the last two episodes. Well, you, anyway. have to, you introduced the entire Phoenix organization yeah. now. Why don't you do that, Latoya, because you might have better notes than I do. If you could give like, a I don't know if I do. <laughs> Because I like I still didn't know what it really was until like I read the post show stuff about what it was. <laughs> Carly, do you have John a better... the Messiah, you guys? <laughs> Carly, do you have a better better concept of what the Phoenix organization is than either of us? Well, I just like watched the last two episodes today. <laughs> it's I mean they, it it seems like it's basically just this group, this secret organization that is trying to experiment on people and use them to like find secret locations of stuff. Well, like their their like, their goal is... is what they're looking for. Oh, is it okay? Their goal is fuzzy at best, that's, though. Like yeah. that's only referenced yeah. maybe one time, and that should be like the whole thing. In fact, it almost seems like their goal is just to manipulate John Doe and to do their bidding. But we don't even know what well, their bidding is for, really. It's weird. They like eject people with, I guess it was like lorazepam or something, and then they're yeah. like. They keep yeah, upping the like dosage, the and then they're like, um, they, they're saying, like, oh, we're going to use them to find locations or find people. They're basically pre-cogs. That's like, pre -cogs. like that's Well, that was it. it well, that was the whole thing, and, like, the big reveal at the end was they were searching for something, and it was the and it was at the Vatican, but we don't know exactly what it was. Okay, Latoya, so what you're saying, yeah. So they, but... they kept asking John Jody, like, I don't know, I don't remember anything, and they refused to believe him, even though he clearly didn't know anything. I love this, I'm gonna read this, this way, what you just shared, because I think it's really useful. In, oh, per in Dominic Purcell's own words, he says, apparently, I w this is like, the star of the show, John Doe oh, no. himself, who was told- He said this, like, back when he was doing press for uh, Prison Break originally, back in the day. Right, but, like, this is the kind of person who would have to have been explained the basic premise of the show for him to give a, a decent portrayal of the person in, in question, I would hope, but turns out no, because here's what he says. Apparently, I was the Messiah Returned. And, he's, oh, no. and he explains the who is the Phoenix group. He says, they were working for the Vatican, dot, 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 the Catholics- they didn't want to be revealed that the true Christ had returned. So, like, he, I guess you're trying to say, like, it's basically, like, kind of angels and demons E or something like that, where he they think that he is Which, Jesus Which, who returned. signed up to watch that show? <laughs> no yeah. one. No one even, no even one. Read, the, read the books at that point. I don't think that was even that big a deal. But, like, it was not, not at all explained, because they never go into the fact that he's a messiah to them. They kind of imply that they love him and they have bigger plans for him but they don't ever like go into the mythology side of it being like a religious thing at all in but fact also means he wasn't like an experiment and also how would the catholics know that they can have psychics <laughs> going around um, uh, I, I don't really <laughs> mean I, the thing about that whole like uh bullshit like well i mean da vinci code nonsense is like a lot of that is 
almost actually more what? like prehistoric yeah, practically. This is not even tapping into that. Nothing has been brought up until this last like the only implication of this Phoenix stuff happens in the final two episodes, I think, right? Or at least that's the only thing I that mean, I saw. They're like the little phoenixes like all around the place, you <laughs> know, phoenixes. but like they never really go. And here's the thing, that's Dominic Purcell explaining it. Now let me have uh read the Entertainment Weekly article where the showrunners explain it. The because... showrunners, guys. Okay. So Phoenix believed Joe was the Messiah and its members were actually protecting Joe from a second group which wanted him dead. The truth Joe was injured in a boating accident that mark on his chest, metal from the explosion. His uber brain, a byproduct of transcending his body during a near-death experience, traveling to a spiritual place where all the universe questions are answered and returning naked. <sighs> that is, like, to hear that come from the actual, like, showrunners But it's, is yeah, truly It's so weird because, like, Purcell thought that he was a Christ, like, reincarnate or whatever and then but then the showrunners were like no they just thought he was like if anyone should have the same story it should be the main character and the showrunners and if they aren't communicating properly what he's supposed to be doing i mean i know maybe he made he was quoted saying that after the fact a little while after fine these are both after the fact though but these are core those are core things that should have been like a huge part of like these are not the types of things you should be guessing about or having slightly different connotations of. Like, that's like saying, what was the show Angel about? I don't know, dads? Like, okay, I'm like, yeah, kind <laughs> of, but, like, there's a lot more going on. You can't just sum, up, like, sum it up to just dads. And, like... I mean, I, you could. All, all Joss Whedon shows are about dads. Right, but, like, also they're not. And, like, to, to simplify them <laughs> that way is to, to truly misunderstand a huge proponent of what's happening to day-to-day ep- episodes of the show. Like, I understand, like... You could you could boil it down to this thing, but it's 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 frustrating partly just too because, like, if they aren't sure about what their show was about, what the fuck were you sitting here watching this? For? Like, what was going on? Like, wh- I don't. <laughs> how did no one stop this? Like, why why was no one on the set? Like, can I ask you some basic questions about what's happening right now? Because that means like someone had to like. Wake up early that day, like, get the cameras set up the right way, like, like, adjust the lighting appropriately for whatever scene they were in, and no one knew what was happening in the actual, like, writing of the show itself. Like, what a waste of everyone's time, to be totally honest. They, they had an out by just making the Idaho backstory the truth, right. and then you could have, like, an organization who thinks he is the messiah because, like, he's been experimented on and he has all this. Like, I he think was the- I- he was the only one out of the people who were experimented on who had, like, the uber brain. Like, then you could have, like, that could have been why people were after him. I think but, it's kind of ironic that this is actually quite similar to the, like, the basic, almost, like, suspiciously similar in many ways. But, like, somewhat similar to uh, the Alias backstory. Basically, um, in Alias, we find out uh, throughout the series, it's been, like, slowly um, teased out that, uh, Sydney's father, Jack, had originally enrolled her in a uh, like a little mini organization, pro- pro- like Project Christmas, I think it was called, where yeah. she was basically I wouldn't say like well she was experimented on to a degree, but it was not like it's not like the not like John Doe. Cortex of fan uh, yeah. experiments, but like it was still like training sleeper agents, sleeper agents on how to be like spies, like ch- child children's sleeper spies. agent, and that's fine. 
And, I mean, there are certainly other shows that have done similar things to that. I understand. But, like, to then not actually go through with that, I understand maybe wanting to, like, to mislead it. And even Alias, to a degree, tries to, like, you know, uh, dial it back eventually. Like, oh, no, actually, she wasn't really, like, to this... There, there are some elements of that where they kind of backpedaled too far, I think. But, like, certainly there was the implication you see scenes of her as a child training. So, like... Okay, here's fine. Where here's where I'll give like I'll cut John Joseph slack because obviously this is a show that needs to be for the most part serialized because it has like this great mystery. Right. But especially at the time, like, you know, procedural, so they would always like dial things back. Like once you get like maybe a crumb of like his information, like you'd be taken back to like reset because that's the presumable way. But the thing about Idaho is that it's just like at episode 8, it's like a slap in the face when you get this entire backstory they're like, oh, now things like can, can progress from there, and just be like nope, it was all bullshit, like that was the one thing that probably could have saved the show having that backstory be, like, legit and it wasn't, and, and nothing not to, made sense after the fact because of it and not to keep drawing another comparison, but I think it's actually, and then Carly, you may have more to say on this too, but like I think it's actually really, actually also similar to X-Files has a lot of that too, where X-Files has Maybe not, like, the, the training as a child situation, but, like, a lot of the mythology builds up to a place where they actually try to, to, uh, miss, I would say mislead you, and then, like, do a little bit of a twist on the actual mythology being real. Like, it is- Yeah. They go they to do, a place- like, multiple times, yeah. And it's, like, kind of, like, their M.O. In fact, I wouldn't say that that's, like, every time it happens, but they certainly would, like would to say it's- would you say it's just the fact that because the whole thing has to be like, hey, there's a skeptic and there's a believer that they have to like dial it back at the end of the episode, but like it, without being, I'll put it without, this way. I, yeah, that's the thing. What they it's like, to do. yeah, like Scully gets abducted and you're not sure if it's aliens, and then it turns out like that, like, well, it's basically because I think they keep trying to misdirect Mulder. So like, she gets abducted and then later he thinks it's an alien thing, but then it's revealed that maybe it was a government all along. And like, and they keep trying to like, but then it could be, then he gets abducted. So then it's like, you don't know. And it's weird. Like, they I keep think trying, that's a symptom keep, that this show it, actually suffered from as well, where they basically were trying to pull out too far and see how big the conspiracy really was. But then they were like, Oh, it's, it's, he would get to a place where he'd, he'd, he'd solve the mystery, essentially, and then they would think, oh no, we can't just, like, end it. So they'd have to pull back and say it was actually a bigger mystery! Or, like, you weren't really right, and the rest of the fall out from under you. I would assume X-Files at least had more of a larger plan on a season-to-season basis. Mm. Whereas, like, they could... <laughs> like, at least, like, just in one season, like, they would have a plan for the season, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would say... I would say They were kind of making little, it up as they go well, plus, <laughs> Plus, they weren't really doing, like, a. it wasn't like they were pulling back trying to do a bigger conspiracy. It was like they kept misdirecting you as to where what the conspiracy really was. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking more like it was actually, I wouldn't say bigger. It's more like um, it, it goes, it, you had the wrong bad guy all, it's like a Scooby-Doo yeah. thing. It's like you pull the right. mask off and it's actually the Crypt Keeper. And it was like, oh my god. And then they actually, at the end of the, the season, like, you see the Crypt Keeper in jail and, like, he turns and smiles, and, like, you can tell, like, it's another mask. And you're like, oh my god! And that's kind of what X-Files was. It was, like, every time you thought so, you yeah, had it solved. Least... And this show has a very similar element where it was, like, just when you thought everything was solved, 
they like kind of wink at the camera and they're like, you've actually been wrong all along. And that's not But I would assume fun. the difference is, on the X-Files case, at least it would add up. It would make sense, ultimately. Uh, at least in the better seasons. In the better seasons. Yeah, in the better... Well, and, and the thing is, like, because you're kind remember, of... Because like, the John Doe thing, because they kept changing the genre or what, like, because they had no idea what they were doing, none of it actually adds up. Again, the little girl him seeing in color, that doesn't actually mean anything. I think the, the, the good backstory thing was, completely messes up the calculations, if you will, with yeah. this metaphor. The, the benefit of X-Files is that they were leaning into the uh, the actual, like, these things are true, like, this, this aliens are real, the government is, is a conspiracy, and that was just facts. Whereas this show had no facts to lean into. It wasn't like a, uh, a black and white, like, here's what's happening and here's what's actually happening. This show was like, couldn't decide if either one of them was happening. Like, I couldn't give you a solid answer of whether or not, like, even though I know we're having this conversation, like, obviously it's, it's revealed that he was not experimented on. I'm not even 100% sure that's true, because, because again, what if it is? Maybe it would have been true, too. character, who we do see get experimented recognizes on, him. she still refers to him as Tommy. Like, she she apparently believes that, uh, uh, in the Tommy backstory, at least a version of it, but we're getting confirmation from the showrunners that, like, his name wasn't even really Tommy. So, what is he's openly referred to as a, well, I, I can't remember what the actual phrasing was, but, like, a, a, a level one or something. It, it was certainly, he is somebody who is capable of certain things. So, like, I just need to know, I need you to explain to me what he is. Like, <laughs> is he someone who was experimented on, or is he someone who is latently, like, superior? Like, basically, was he a, was he bit, was he a vampire, or was he bit, or was he not? Like, I, I need, like, firm facts here. Because, like, you're, you're giving him the abilities of a vampire, but you're claiming he was never bit. And that's fine, but then I need to explain. You need to explain to me why he has his abilities then, because when everything adds up to him being a vampire, but you're saying he was never bit, that doesn't make sense. Exactly. Like I don't get it. Or, or fine, he's an original. He never had to get bit. Like okay, but give me that. <laughs> I want to know. Like, was he born a vampire? Because that that happens in certain mythologies. Fine, but like you aren't giving me anything to go off of, and it's just. The, the frustrating thing is it has so many elements of an X-Files or, or a, an alias where there have these, like, twists and turns, but the benefit of those shows is that they actually stick to it. Whether you like it or not, like, what happened happened. It's not like, there's no question of, like, did I misinterpret that? Because they deserve, they're explicit in what happens. Like, you could, in fact, they actually run into some problems with that because then they have all these, like, contradictory plot lines of, like, but wait, I thought that we already explained this or that. Like, that's fine, but at least they, ex- they explain it. Like, we have it on firm ground. Whereas, I feel like what we just watched, where he even the stuff where he was revealed to be not experimented on, I can't trust that, because he, se- he seems to act like someone who's been experimented on, and, like, honestly, like, sympathizes extremely with this woman who was experimented on. And also Yana, the other guy like, who was experimented Michael, on, too. He-, he seems to have, like, a psychic link to them, because they can see through his eyes. Like, why would they have all these connections to oh, him. Oh god, are they prophets? I don't know. <laughs> but you think that the showrunners would have known something like that. But so anyways, let's get to this, let's do this finale. So we'll, we'll, we'll run through this one. It's not very complicated. So basically the, the finale, including lines like, these guys are like Bin Laden because it's post 9-11 and they're edgy as fuck guys. Oh, yeah, because um, <laughs> there were guys when it's like, we're, we're post 9-11, we should really tap into that. <sighs> there's actually a scene too where there's like during this like also we should mention there's like this ongoing thing where all of the bad guys in this show like um sign do sign language which i felt like a really weirdly like that was like a an odd 
it's it's in some ways it is kind of like ooh this is an odd choice but it also really I think to their I mean I won't say it's like a bad thing because it's always great to have people using you know different forms of communication but like it was one of the smarter things the sh- things the show had done well honestly. I agree up until the points where like we have these like intense scenes where there's just like silence like ongoing silence and it's not like a, ser- a serious silence it's just like waiting for them to sign things, and I'm like, I, you need to score this better with, like, intense music or something. Like, it was just people not talking for, like, fully, like, a minute and a half or two minutes during really intense moments, and then people were getting killed. Seriously, what did the actors on the show think were happening? Honestly, <laughs> I don't know what you would have done if I had to wake up in the morning and, like, go in and try and, like, find out what's going on. Like, we'll get we'll get into it, but, like, Literally, Oscar award-winning J.K. Simmons is in this episode, and I, I don't know what he even did. Like, he did nothing, and I was furious. <laughs> and, and yet he was here, and I don't know why. Um, but so, so anyway, so he, he has been chasing after these two people he knows were experimented on. He finds Michael in the prior episode, and then Michael's the one that was playing the harmonica, weirdly. And then he's now like, I gotta find him, I gotta find him. And he's just, the whole episode, I'm not even gonna get into the specifics, because I have notes, but I'm gonna skip over all of it, because it's pointless. He basically just, like, runs around town, finds them eventually, interrogates this one bad guy who's been there the whole time. The one guy is capable of somehow uh, telekinetically opening his cuffs at some point, which I don't have any understanding of why that's possible suddenly, but it is. And um, he eventually chases him back to where the lair is. They've been keeping this the woman who called out Tommy in the first episode and this Michael friend, and he tries to save them. And, of course, prior to that, though, in order to find out that, he goes and visits this random, like, sensei person, which is basically just oh. J.K. Simmons. I'm and sorry, the sensei Simmons. stuff is... I, so, I do not understand the sensei stuff. I have real problems with this scene. I, like, when I was writing my piece, I had to, like, rewatch those scenes. Because I'm like, am I missing something? It, it's... We, I, at one point, my quotes are just... <laughs> my, my quotes are livid. And I was just like... This is the series finale of the show. We spent 15 minutes with a stranger sculpting and painting things. What is going and on? And that was a psychic. It was it was surreal. And then so I have I have real problems. I know I just I just went in on the fact that, that they don't understand how crosswords work. I and I know this is something I'll probably get shit for because I still can't find the the I did make a bust of Dominic Monaghan's head at one point out of sculpture. So I I went to a school that let me use uh, I could do art classes instead of other classes depending on whether I wanted to apply for them. So I took like four years of, in- I wouldn't say intense, but like somewhat intense sculpting classes. So I know how to sculpt things. I don't know what the fuck they were trying to say that he was doing with that clay. He was just rubbing his hands around like he was groping boobs. Like that was not sculpting. He makes a perfect, out. like... Uh, uh, Oh my god. I like to point out real quick that like yes. the copy of the episode I have uh before the episode starts it says all the questions and all the mystery will all lead to, uh, up to this. <laughs> I'm like what are you talking about? What's it going to lead to John Doe finger painting? Like that's what it really was. This episode answers nothing. It again, he finger paints and then he becomes a psychic. <laughs> that's what happens. So, so first of all, like, all right, we're gonna. I'll build up to this moment. So basically, like up until this point, he he tortures a guy, straight up just tortures a guy, just beating up a guy's wounds, and then tries to get information about stuff. He gets intervened with the um this NSA guy who's been like off and on throughout the season, like kind of his you know 
the bad guy slash good guy slash just, just this shitty dude. So he he goes and he like they take him to this place where J.K. Simmons, Oscar award winning J.K. Simmons, is like a retired NSA guy. And then of course we get that stupid bullshit like you only use ten percent of your brain. What if you used all of it? This blah, blah, blah. is the kind of show that would say that because <laughs> fucking, even though he's already definitely using a hundred percent of his brain. Remember. Fuck off. Remember, we keep saying that, like, the show changes its genres. This is the episode where J.K. Simmons and the other NSA agent this are, like, gone side This is the episode! Christmas team's gone. This is the final episode of the show! It should be the only thing that's true to the actual series, if anything, is just this final episode. Instead, we're spending half of it with J.K. Simmons molding clay and painting, like, pictures with your fingers. Anyway, so he he's, he's like, you only use 10% of your brain, blah, blah, blah. And he, like, throws a, a glob of clay in front of him and he says mold is clay grasshopper and you get like you get you get I'm sorry, can I, I need to quote the scene real quick please to which jk simmons says the average homo sapien <laughs> in 2003 you utilizes 10 percent of the brain at any given moment and then john of course says 9.3 to be exact <laughs> jesus christ i want to all to die <laughs> and so he, he he throws a lump of red clay in front of john doe he, he, um, uh, blindfolds John Doe and says, like, sculpt what you see. Some bullshit like that. Doesn't explain Wait, anything. I'm sorry, let me continue the quote real quick. J.K. Simmons retorts with, So forget God. The real mystery of life is what lies dormant in the remaining 90.7. That's <sighs> just the show. So he throws the what clay. What does that mean? <laughs> None of it means anything. And so he just throws the clay in front of him, and John Doe, well, Dominic Purcell, puts his hands on it, like, picture, picture boobs. I'm not even lying, guys, just picture boobs. He basically just puts his hands on there, and moves them around like he's groping boobs, for, like, a good five minutes, (laughs) and then, and then, he's like, my notes are just like, what, literally, what am I watching? This man won an Oscar, and he's watching another man grope boobs. And here's the thing. The whole thing about this is that, like, the reason he's able to tap into this and do the clay uh, psychic stuff is because now he's using the, like, the 90.7% of his brain. But, like, wait, we're supposed to believe that uh, John Doe was also only using 10% of his brain? Because the whole point is that he's using, like, all of it. Because he dimples on a golf ball. So it doesn't even make sense. So is everyone uh, able to be psychic? What? <laughs> and so on top of that like that weren't enough he, he literally continues to pinch and grope at the, the clay boobs for like a good solid like 15 minutes and then we see him slowly but surely build it into a beautifully shaped and perfectly uh articulated uh pyramid and that's just not possible because in order to do that you would have had to like straighten it out and you would have had to get like certain types of tools and scrape away the edges and even it out use a ruler probably you cannot sculpt a perfectly measured pyramid with just your hands that's not how that works like also a professional he he, wouldn't be able to do that what are he you was talking blindfolded about? while doing it and he said like he saw in his mind in color <laughs> although when they show us his mind it's not in color it's not in black and white but it's definitely not in color they don't know what colors you're trash. seeing it's trash and then he's able to build this like perfect pyramid and then he drags it over to like some random other pyramid that this guy's got all these random miniatures and then and then jk simmons says they found you now it's time for you to find them and i'm like what are you talking about 
What does Clay have to do with anything? Uh, Why is Jamie Simmons here? There was no point because then he eventually switches over to painting. Why didn't you just have him paint in the first place? Like I don't understand what the Clay was even about. It was what just she, to make me mad. I swear to God. Been, oh God! And now he's psychic. Perfectly Clay. Uh, and once he's gotten all that shit worked out, that's when uh, Lieutenant Jane Brooke and Smart Cop finally show up in the episode. By the way, this is like I'm telling you, those are two of the main characters, and this is like literally 55 minutes into the episode, and, and it's only 40 minutes long. But he so. tells his NSA buddies, like, "Yeah, they're part of the team too. Like, where the fuck have they been? Nowhere, because they don't this, exist. This is all bullshit. They've been solving crimes, and he's been like on a psychic NSA adventure. It's ridiculous." They, like, and so they get off. Honestly. So it goes further than that. Team. It goes further than that. It, the utter fraud that was that attempted clay sculpture, and he has him finger paint, and he even says like you know think back to kindergarten or some shit, and he literally yeah, has a grown man finger paint on a canvas, and it's like a seven minute long scene. <laughs> like it is think ridiculous. Back to kindergarten, you know that time you can't remember because you have no memory because you're John Doe. And he literally has, like, open, like... And also, like, the paint cans he uses are, like, a big giant paint cans that you'd paint a room with. Like, that's unsafe. That's, like, probably lead. He'll die. Like, what are we doing here that we're having him paint with these huge paint cans? He's also, sticking his hands in. <laughs> why does J.K. Simmons know that this is the way to do anything? I don't know, because he's not even a level one. Like, what's happening? What are we watching? And so, when he's painting that Stop stuff... Stop saying level one. I hate you so much. But like class when he's one, painting class that one. stuff, <laughs> class one, class one. He he's yeah. he's not painting with with brushes. He's sticking his big adult grown man hands in these big giant like <laughs> it, it is unattractive and also just like grown man hands is like a book I want to write. Grown man, <laughs> and he loses ever painted anything like even like a fucking like you know dinner with friends like let's go have wine and and paint something. You have to have a certain amount of like backdrop that allows for painting colors to not just be a blob of blacks and browns. It, it doesn't show that that's even capable. He's... I, I don't even know how to describe it. I think the best I can do is just link to you a, a scene. Like, the scene and look for yourself. Basically, just picture someone, like, blindly and I say blindly, like, literally blindly with a blindfold on his eyes sticking his hands in multiple colors and smearing it blindfolded on a canvas so that he can make a beautiful piece of art and find out where these people are being held. And guess what? The beautiful piece of art that he makes is a goddamn cave with a light at the end of it. Like, there's nothing! That could be any cave in all of America! He makes- he does a light that's at the end it. of the tunnel. That's- but, like, that's- it seven minutes That's, like, the end lives. of the show that we're waiting for. It's like, this is it. Him. The light at the end of the tunnel. Still not sure why we saw the sculpture at all. If only just to infuriate me for no reason. But like, on top of the sculpture part, we sat through seven minutes of him finger painting, and it's not even anything of any any importance. At least make it like, you know, a street sign or something stupid that he could do some kind of police work with. This is just a genuinely, it's just like, yellow at the end of a lot of black. And he's like, it's a cave. Oh my god, I know exactly where it is. It's like, I don't get it. Also, remember, five episodes before, we proved psychics weren't real. We've watched like, him. We've watched him like psychically connect to these people for like twenty minutes at this point. So it's like he's like, forget everything you think you know. <laughs> like, and the episode before is when we're like, oh, yep, they confirmed psychics are real. Like, you just had an episode about how psychics aren't I, real. I I can't describe to you 
the frustration I felt, like, my notes are just like, this is utter fraud. Fraud, utter fraud. <laughs> like, it is infuriating to watch someone, like, we were really watching a grown man and another grown man finger paint together for ten minutes. Like, that was the, that was the pinnacle of the entire series of this because show. That, that's using all of your brain, apparently. Finger painting. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Also, if that was it, why even show the sculpting? Why even show that part of it? Why not jump right into the finger painting? He could like, make a pyramid blindfolded. Who can't? <laughs> like, what did that have? What did that solve? It solved nothing. It wasn't even like, uh, I don't understand. I'm so frustrated. If you know what a pyramid looks like in general, you can make a fucking pyramid blindfolded. My other note for this is just, please picture me, head in my hands, screaming out in pain throughout this entire scene, because that literally happened. I had to literally pause it to write that, and then I went back to screaming into my hands. And honestly, and I bring it back to the fact that, like, sign language really undercuts that scene, and I, I, I don't mind it as a, as a, as a, I like the fact that you have people who speak sign language, I don't mind that at all, but literally, the, the final moments of the series of the show are some man, sign language, signing someone, like, it is, and you don't even, like, if you're not paying attention, you no, the final like, moments minute, of the series are the guy who got facial reconstruction to look like Digger. <laughs> But he's still signing! Which like, the show does not to, like... explain, again, the showrunners have to explain that, a Phoenix organization person got facial reconstruction to look like Digger. That happened. <laughs> At, that's the end of the show. And they, like, cut from that into nothing. Also, it just, like, ends. I was like, oh my god! And that like is what the show had implied that facial reconstruction was a thing they were doing over in the no. Phoenix organization. And it's not like it's a subtle thing. It's, like, clearly the same man. <laughs> like, it's Again, ridiculous. Alias, Fucking they introduced ridiculous. early on, like, oh, there's, you know, this criminal who's doing facial reconstruction. And then it became a thing with right. Francie. And, yeah, like, there you go. And then the, with Sydney, actually, too. Like, it works. Here, Thank all you. of a sudden, it's like, good. hey, what? Digger's the villain. And then after the show is canceled, you have to have showrunners be like, that wasn't really Digger. That was someone who had Digger's face. The what? final moments of this show are just two people signing to each other and then them bursting into a room and shooting at everyone. That's it. That is literally it. And it's like, there's no explanation. John Doe doesn't get any answers. You don't even understand what's going on with the Digger thing because it's all supposed to be like a cliffhanger. Everyone just of like, was that really like Digger? Now. Yeah, and it's like, but, but why would, what? And then also just, like, it cuts to black. It's not even like it's a thing where... It has some kind of a wrap-up thing where it's like, what, well, what are we going to do? Or, like, Digger, is it really you? And he's like, ha, 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 ha. Like, no, no mislead at all. Just, just... And before it got cancelled, I guess, like, the showers never got to be like, oh, hey, here's what you can expect if we get a season two. It's like, nope, because we don't... Again, they don't know anything, so then it got cancelled, and you learn things like facial reconstruction or Messiah, maybe. I, I, I don't understand 90% of what I watched. It was awful. I mean, this is, like... That, 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 the final, like, I think it's, like, 20 minutes, maybe, whatever the fuck, whenever J.K. Simmons shows up, which, again, he's won an Oscar, and I was watching him do this, he does nothing, he just stands behind a man finger-painting, like, J.K. Oh Simmons deserve better, J.K. Simmons oh my God. deserve better. So much better, and I, I cannot believe that that was the last 20 minutes of the show, and it involved nobody of the main cast, and even when they did show up, they're there for, like, five minutes. And Digger's only in it because he's not even really Digger. Like, J.K. Simmons was on Oz before this, like, before he did this episode like, of television. Yeah, what was he doing? Like, that he was in this. What was he doing was, here? 
I mean, he's just cash a check. Let's be real. But like, my God, what he was an also absolute like waste in uh, an episode of Everwood in the same season. So it's like, oh hey, that's a good show. Why were you here? I don't. I, honest to God, that might be some of the most unintelligible television I've watched. The final twenty minutes of the show. He had show. done Spider Man at this Ever. point. He had Ever. done Spider-Man at this point. Honestly, I don't care if you're a stranger. Who, I mean, I, I kind of do. Whatever. But, like, you need to get your money to get paid. But, like, honestly, this is the kind of thing where if I was working on this show as, like, an extra, I'd feel like, is this worth my time? <laughs> like, what am I doing here? Like, this doesn't make any sense. I, I can't follow the story. Oh, uh, what's the show about? Why am I here and wearing a horseshoe necklace? Right! Like... <laughs> He, looked, he was wearing he a horseshoe necklace. Ridiculous. Just putting that out there. That's because it was 2002. And he was trying True. to be like the hip guy who's like edgy. He was like the hip, the yeah, the old company Why guy. Why did he who's never like... investigate Horseshoe Island? He never investigated the island he was found on. He never went back to check it out. Like, hey, is there anything special about this place? If I well, they had there? like the weird. They had like the weird parallel in the finale where he wakes up. After yeah, in the, the woods. Vision, in the these, woods, like, in the weird... fetal position, but clothed my, this time. My other notes are that, too. So, so... Can we talk about John Duh? <laughs> Circling back. All... Let's do... Let's that do also some... went nowhere? Let's do some hits in a second. But for my other notes, too, was just, like, he says at some point, I don't... He, he like, wakes up and he like, thinks he's having, like, blackouts because he keeps having these weird memories. And he's sitting with, um, Digger. What? Who even knows if it's a real Digger? I think it is, but who knows? Um, and also, ew, the autopsy, the autopsy scenes right afterwards were disgusting. Like, it was way too much. I didn't need to see any of that stuff. But regardless, that, that aside, he's sitting with Digger, and he's like, ugh, every day it's something new with me. I'm like, is it? Is it? Is it something new every day? Because you've been the same person, like, 99% of the show. What are you talking about? Like, only just now. More, 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 more a snap. <laughs> I was, I was so mad. They, they implied, like, he's been slowly losing it. Not really. I mean, like, he's had moments where he's, like, had flashes and he's, like, slowly kind of deteriorating, like, emotionally. But, like, he's just, like, every day it's something new with me. I'm like, I don't think so, sir. Like, there are, like, way more complicated people on this show and you are not one of them. You have been the same person from start to finish. Meanwhile, we have people coming and going that are, like, like, the Michael guy seems I like mean, he's, like, like literally, like, hanging on a, on a, on a prayer. Oh, like, this I, is... Michael, I felt so bad for, like, why couldn't he be the protagonist? Right! Like, that's a guy who actually truly understands stakes. Like, John Doe is, like, every day it's something new with me. It's like, okay, you literally just woke up on, like, a million dollar, like, lost. I mean, Calm down. everything is different for him because the genre changes every three <laughs> episodes. True. Every but... day something different with me. Oh, my God. Alright, so let's just do some, like, quick hits of everything else. So, that's John the pilot Duh. in the finale. Oh, my God. Ugh. John Dutt was real was bad. another man who has no memory, but he didn't he... I don't remember. Does he remember, like, did he also know everything? And it just turns out to be, like, organ, like, organ harvesting? Like, All I remember that episode is the point at which he says, why have you been following me? And then he says, who's following who? And I was like, what? What am I watching? What am I watching? <laughs> but yeah, he... It's it's another guy who's... Uh, who wakes up in the Puget Sound on... on unsure of what's going on um he ha- i don't think he's like super capable though he's just like another dude but he before he can amnesia in- yeah before he can really ask some questions he's dead and harvested for organs and uh like that's it that's there's no real example of what's going on it's it's infuriating is it like does he also have like shrapnel or something mm, like the scar maybe scar. like that's it. there's really nothing that puts them together yeah i don't know I, it, it, it is, it's infuriating. So there's, 
there's that, and then there's a point which John, um, the fuck is his name? John Walsh shows up, and we have John Doe on oh, fucking, like, Jesus. America's Most Wanted holding up a sketch he made. Like, this man's son died. Like, what is he doing on a show called John Doe? And, like, the sketch he has of the woman That's network he saw, synergy, that's why. Yeah. Network synergy. The sketch he has of the woman he saw called Tommy out. Like, why wouldn't you go to a professional sketch artist? Why are you drawing, like, a stick figure that you, you saw? Because, again, like, he's angel, but without being a vampire. He really is. And he, he explains, like, my funny Valentine. He's like, please help me. And then no information. And then we get, throughout the show... Until, you know, uh, Idaho, which is yeah. all bullshit. Uh, Gabrielle Amor is the girl from... A bone, burn notice, uh, fee from burn notice. She's in the they plane date for a while. Episode. If he can date, <sighs> this is like so weird about like I can't date because I don't have memory. I'm like you are Dominic Purcell. Shut the fuck I up. Mean, <laughs> stupid. And he also saves the plane from crashing. They're on, but he's at one point there's like sparks flying in the undercarriage. And he's like, oh my god, and he literally like screams out, why can't? Because of course it, it, it leads up to a moment like we were saying before, where it's like a, a diehard situation. And he's like uh, trying to match up the uh, the red wires with the blue wires or whatever, and he and he screams out, "Why can't I see color like everyone else?" I was like, "So I guess this plane's gonna just plummet because he needed to scream I mean, out the plot." Ugh. The only time I feel like the show reaches potential as a procedural is uh, in the Mourner arc, and I really appreciate the Mourner like testing his whole color Because I'm like, "Oh, this is actually him using all of his useless information for like." Good use, but he has to, like, arrange the strippers But also, by color. like, it immediately ruins that, because in John D.O.A., he fakes being dead, fakes the funeral to lure out the mourner, and then, like, he's in a coffin, which he's, like, claustrophobic, so he's like, of course he wouldn't do that and fake it, because he would never try and get me to get off the streets, but of course he is. But, like, he's had some weird, sophisticated way of, like, breathing apparatus, of, like, trying to be in it. It's complicated. And also just, like... They should have just put him in jail and never told him that, that John Doe was faking it. I'm I'm probably an evil person, but I'm like that would have been that would have really fucked that guy up if he thought John Doe just died and he would have just gone to jail and John Doe would have just quietly gotten out and then like he would have gone away and he would have been tortured for the rest of his like like I can't believe John Doe's dead. Like what am I gonna do? Yeah, like, that's a true like OG. John John Doe just wanted to brag because he's just as bad as that guy. Like he's the worst. And we also eventually there is more Gabrielle Anwar. She comes back. There's really no reason for her. No, I don't know why. And Timothy Omenson's in that episode, which is great. But like, and there was oh she he takes her on a on a, a date where he like goes fishing because she asked for fishing. He's the worst date date ever. Like. <laughs> and instead of buying a fucking fishing pole, he buys a mop, a safety pin, and tin foil, and then tries to get her to murder a fish with him and call it a romantic date. And she's like, uh, no, I'm gonna pass. He's the worst character ever. Oh my god. Ugh. Well, let's let's. I, I think we should move on. I don't. I, we could talk about this. Can we talk about Greg Graydon's Karen Kowalski? Karen Kowalski. And how she's a hip teen. She's like. Oh the yeah. She gets fired in the first episode. Biggest bargain budget Bohemian Cordelia Chase that oh, could it's ever terrible. be. Terrible. It's terrible. And she's just like you know mad about stuff, and just gets killed eventually by the mourner, right, or something. I think. Or gets killed by is somebody. It, I don't remember who she gets killed by. Where, it's like the Phoenix people that kill her, right? I'm fucking sick of it. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> because I think the mourner captures the other girl, Stella, I think, right? So maybe I'm thinking of that. Yeah. But yeah. It, it's it's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. This show is straight up one of the most unintelligible things I've ever seen. 
That finale alone, I'm gonna link to the last 20 minutes. I cannot recommend to you more. Watching a grown man, like, finger paint. And that's, like, that's, like, the, that's, like, the intense finale of it. Like, the whole show is, like, oh, my God, will he get done finger painting in time? And J.K. Simmons is, like, back in there, like, I don't know, will he? And it's, like, this is it? This is what we're watching. And your brain. Oh, my God. Do you have, do you guys have any other wrap-up thoughts? We can get off the plugs otherwise. I just, I just can't get over in do or die how when he makes the thing in the coffee to melt the wire oh God. somehow somehow there's toilet bowl like uh yes, yes. Thing, like right next to the coffee machine <laughs> there's like so there's convenient. like what is it there's like there's like the like declogger like right by the coffee machine and he just happens to be able to like pour into the i'm like this is not safe <laughs> Maybe all the cops are drinking that, and that's why they're also dumb. <laughs> they're drinking the toilet bowl like declogger. Well, the I'm thing with the cops is like the cops know he's like by the second episode they openly acknowledge the fact that he's committing fraud. Like you are not John Doe, obviously. And they're like, ha ha, no, you're not. It's like do your fucking job. Do your fucking oh, job. Terrible. Why isn't the FBI more like involved in this? Oh god. Why do we have the NSA but we don't have the FBI? Oh, because it's post-9-11, of course. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand any of it. But yeah, the this is one of those shows where it's just... It's it's straight up one of the worst things I've ever seen. Like, when it gets to the point where he tries to find him the girl on the boat is, and he's like, I have to find her name! He goes to the boat and somehow manages to... Like, like in broad daylight, I would presume, because the boat only operates during the day, cuts a piece of the glass that she like, put her hands on. Yes! But she didn't see her put her hands on. He only sees her when she's out of the boat, so he couldn't know what she was touching. So that's a that's a goof on its own. Yeah, other people had to have been touching, and I'm still like dwelling on this now. Why wasn't he working with the FBI? Like, he shouldn't be like, working with the cops on crime. How many people have to die? FBI? How many people have to die for John Doe to take a second and care about someone else? missing person possible. He should be working with the FBI. He should be, like, uh, on the front line of AIDS medication for kids or something. Like, like a lot of stuff should have been going on. A lot more so important much. than, like, oh, I want to gamble yeah. a little bit more at the racetrack. Like, what a piece of shit. Oh, he can't get over his awful facial hair, too. Oh, that was, it got oh. worse and worse. I kept waiting for it to get oh, yeah. saved. And I'm like, what's happening? I'm like, it keeps growing. With that disturbing soul patch. Oh, like, God. around the beard. It kept getting worse and worse. It was, like, growing like a disease. <laughs> like, That's how you're supposed to know that he's really, like, emotional, you guys. <laughs> Uh, hair. He looked younger and younger too, so I'm like, I don't know why they even chose to do that. He looked like really immature. Like he, he that is one of those things where Diamond Purcell looks very young when you put facial hair like that. He looked like a teenager suddenly. I'm like, ugh. And then he like, like had to, he had to like impersonate a doctor, and I was like, no doctor. Would have to <laughs> that was the best. That was it. My notes for that are just like, no one in their right mind would ever think that he's a doctor. <laughs> like, no fucking way. No way. No way. And there's no way someone was like, oh yeah, he's definitely a doctor. Alone, Although, just seeing him as a doctor, you'd be like, alright, I'm gonna see so a new Digger, right yeah. again. Digger <laughs> looks like a guy that belongs in a straitjacket, though. That I buy, but just, if you're gonna walk down the hospital and you're gonna see someone like Dominic Purcell in a doctor's outfit, sure, I absolutely buy he could be a doctor, but I'm gonna want to see his ID again. Because you're gonna double take. He's literally like 6'7 and like 300 conventional uh, human being. Like, I don't understand. It was oh, this, like God. big, like muscle-bound doctor, and why is he being a doctor instead of literally anything else? Like old school, Don Purcell has done roles where I could buy it more, more strongly. But this is Don Purcell, who's like 
extra ripped. Like, again, he mostly got ripped, I think, for that opening scene where he's naked all the time. Like, every credit sequence, you get naked butt every time. It's great. Like, slow-mo, you see, like, part a of the crack. show. <laughs> you. you see, like, his little Sweaty, crack like, jumping into like, the water. Dominic Purcell is the best part of the show. <laughs> it was so edgy, guys, back then. That was the edgiest thing, is seeing, like, little butt... <laughs> Down. We'll put outline on Fox. Oh, it's so intense. Alright, well, let's move on to plugs because I think we handled this as thoroughly as we could go oh more. Gosh. But I really only just recommend watch Shock the System and watch the last 20 minutes. If you can, if you watch anything that we've ever recommended, that last 20 minutes is truly a delight. Like, it's awful, but also so amusing. Like, just watch the tracks. entire episode of television and try to explain to me how that's a, a season finale of anything. I don't know if anyone could get through the full episode. But <laughs> Actually, go ahead if you yeah, can. Watch the entire episode, make that the first one you watch, and then try to just explain what the show is about because you're wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'd be impressed if someone can explain to me what the show is about I'd be truly impressed because you're smarter than I am you're like a John Doe who's using more than 10% of the brain that I use so <laughs> honestly, I'm gonna go finger paint now <laughs> alright let's move on to plug what's up with you Latoya uh, you can find me on the social media if you don't know where to find me right now what have you been listening to honestly and uh, I plan to never watch John Doe ever again, so everyone should be happy All for right, me. Peace out. <laughs> happy right. birthday. Happy birthday, Latoya. Good. And um, what's up with you, Carly? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I think my username has changed since the last time, I, but I made it my name now. So Carly it's Lane. at Carly Lane. Yes, and retroactively, yeah. it's, it's Carly Lane. Uh, it's a podcast about Supergirl called Supergirl Radio. It's Ooh. awesome. You should check it out. Uh... That's right. Tyler Hecklin butt. <laughs> All right. Butt outlines. Um, butt outlines. <laughs> and as always, I am at Mari on Twitter. The next episode of this show is going to be Caveman, the pilot episode. Oh my god! <laughs> Are there any butt outlines on that? Because that's what I really uh, know. I hope not. I hope not. Well, I mean, I wouldn't mind little baby Nick Kroll, but still. But yeah, so that's, it's a delight. I, I That's probably one of those harder to find ones, but it might be on YouTube somewhere. Yes, I don't want to link to it directly. I don't want to link to it directly because I don't want it to get copyright struck, mm-hmm. but like, you could find, also, for the record, John Doe, if you're interested, all on Hulu Plus. It's on YouTube, and too. All, all over it's YouTube. I mean, discreetly. Whole... No one ever cares about No, they have the whole first season on <laughs> Is YouTube. Is there someone's... Because no one cared about John Doe being copyright struck. But, uh, so go find that and go find Caveman. Um, so stay tuned for that next time. You can rate, subscribe, review us on iTunes. Trying to get that drunk entourage movie. I hate you. (laughs) Commentary, which Latoya does not want, which is the happiest birthday present to me, even though it's her birthday. Um, so do that. And then you could find us on uh, Twitter at TheTelevoid or email us at TheTelevoid at gmail.com. Thanks so much, guys. Happy birthday, Latoya. <laughs> Thanks again for wandering into the Televoid. See you next time. Bye-bye. You know, the average Homo sapien in 2003 utilizes less than 10% of the brain at any given moment. 9.3%. So forget God. The real mystery of life is what lies dormant in the remaining 90.7%. Whoa, what are you doing? Just relax. There are some among us, including yours truly, who have borne witness 
to a glimpse of that mystery. Hold out your hand. I'm holding a stone in each hand. One is cold, one is hot as hell. Choose a hand. I know. Well, then think about it, grasshopper. How? If you have to ask, you may be getting some third-degree burns. Your right hand. Impressive. At least it would have been had you truly seen. You witnessed me stirring with my favored hand. Logic would dictate that I would collect a hot stone with that same hand, so by process of elimination, the cold stone was in my remaining free hand. If I am to impart to you that which I know, I must have your absolute dedication. Anything short of the truth will make fools of us both. Got me? Gotcha.